What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 343, broken up into two parts, A and B. B. A. B. Thank you. The band is back together, that's for sure. 343A, posting on 815, will be discussion on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. And 343B, posting on 818, will be a discussion on Still, a Michael J. Fox movie on Apple TV+. I am God one of your hosts. what a good documentary, by the it, way. It's fantastic. I am one of your hosts, Grayson. This movie makes you want to play Turtles in Time. Maxwell joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Roger. I felt a kinship with the Bay Turtle films. And our lovely perma guest, whoa, Chris. Whoa, whoa. I loved it when Splinter kissed that weird mutant Bond. I mean, I'm into that shit, so it's fine. How I'm trying come I to get the shitty one? What is this about? <laughs> <laughs> because I have I have a new system where like I, I put our three names in a like a face down in like a thing I'm drawing. Every week I draw it out. They're, whoever the name that is, mine or yours, is gonna get the words and the dumbest thing. But yeah, Roger, you you lost this week. Week number one, you lost. I should okay. be the one writing the jokes. Mm. No, sir. Okay, what's going on, guys? How has your week been? Roger, you're on vacation. A, you're not abducted. We know we know that. B, Chris and I painted a visual for our listeners. You were, we thought at one point you may have been floating down some kind of lazy river on a raft wearing nothing but sunglasses. <laughs> Fully nude? It wasn't yeah, a yeah, raft, yeah. though. It was in a canoe. Uh, <laughs> okay. way, way too much sun just to be laying there with the... Uh... You know, the old twig of giggleberries wide open. <laughs> That's sunburn where you don't want it, folks. That is true. That is true. I mean, where you don't want it. So, Roger, how was your vacation, my friend? Welcome back. So, would you guys like to know what the highlight of my vacation might have been? Besides please, the God, tell me. Of alcohol and, like, bromance that happened? <laughs> please, please. So, on Friday, which is kind of like our lazy day down there, we don't really have anything set to do besides hang out, cook food, drink beer, and, you know, do guy things. We did one of the greatest guy things that I think I've ever been a part of. The average age of our group now going is about 40 years old now. Okay. Like we're, we're not, we're not all young pups anymore. You want to know what we did for like three hours? Want to take a guess? Rubbed icy hot on each other's backs? No. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that like old guys would do, but I don't. I don't know. Not old guys, just bros. Bros, <laughs> bro things. Um, I, I don't tell know, us. man. What would you do? Just tell us, dude. We threw rocks at a fucking hornet's nest, and that shit was awesome. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I was gonna say you threw <laughs> that rocks. Shit at something. was awesome. <laughs> I was I gonna had, say I had uh, so much fun doing that. I can't even put in the words how fun it was. Well, because this is the just, anticipation that you're gonna die dude, soon listen, too. Listen. It was fun and it was dangerous. <laughs> it was awesome. I felt alive again. It was actually Dude, pretty like, cool. The, the, the eruption when somebody finally hit like directly into the. So it wasn't just like something from like 20 feet away, right? Like this hornet's nest was up on a power pole, like at near the top. Mm. So we're throwing rocks at it. So it's like, you know, the pole's like 40 feet tall, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you have to get distance. Them. Yeah, you had you had to get it right, like because you got to get the right angle, and like we're hitting all around it, and the bees are they're fucking mad. And then my buddy just he just KOs this nest, and it was just like, oh <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we were one with nature that day. Nice. I have a. What, I, what, what happened though? Did you end up knocking it down or? No, yeah. I just blew out a big hole in it. Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, okay, Someone's so I, staying there would have died, man. That would have been bad. I have a um. I'm uh, fine. 
I have a bees nest story as well. Good. Everybody so, should. This is not recent. I have, listen, I have far more worse stories that involve business than that. <laughs> so this is in my younger days. Um, growing up, I had I had a I had a cousin Robert, and he was way older than me and uh, my brother and my cousins and stuff. Right. So we're like eleven, like eleven. 10, 9, and 8, the four of us. And then he's like 16. We're out in the woods. Oh, yeah, bad influence. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're out in the woods. He's got a, he's got a football. And um, we hear buzzing. And we identify that we there's a ground, a ground hornet's nest. Ooh. So, those are bad. So, yep. But we didn't know that at the time. So we, like, we found it and stuff. It's just, just off our path. So we had the football with us. So he has the bright idea to like, you know, let's stand far away. Let's, 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 let's hit it with the football once, right? Yep, sure. I'm telling you, this was the most, this was the perfect throw that, you know, any quarterback in the NFL would have been proud of. This like thing spirals. hitting somebody on a deep oh, ball. 100%. Spirals perfectly and hits this nest dead center and it's in the entrance hole. <laughs> And the sound in the entrance hole. Okay. The the immediate just overwhelming buzzing and the black cloud of whatever coming at us. Was it like cartoon bees where they come out with like an arrow at you? It was. And here's the thing. My cousin Robert was 16 years old and way faster than all of us. (laughs) He was gone. What a fucking just like we turned around to run with him and he was already at least 40 yards further than us and we all got tore up real bad by that it was it was not good there the screams were had crying rolling on the ground in pain and we finally crawled out of the woods and was that uh, a hospital I, visit or no n- no it wasn't but i remember my grandmother who was just a, a firecracker woman beat the shit out of my cousin robert when when he when she found out why he ran home so fast and left us behind Listen, that's not his fault you guys were slow no, no, no. I, I, I agree now, but at the time, it was it was vengeance. It was sweet, sweet vengeance and justice. But yeah, so that's my story. <laughs> I don't know why, but it made me think of that. The Chris Farley, the um, the black sheep when they when they bring the bucket of snakes up from the well, and as they're running as, as they're running away, Chris Farley said, "One looked at me." <laughs> Oh, there's that '90s comedy that I have. I have a ground yellow jacket story that involves fire that I'll regale you with another day. Heck yeah, I like this. Cool. (laughs) Bringing the flamethrower to the fight. Okay. Uh, it was my grandfather, kerosene, and awesome. Oh fuck yeah! (laughs) That old man didn't give two shits. Murica. That's all that is. Murica, baby, Murica. All right, Jim. What else is going on? Do you watch anything else besides what we watch for the show? So. Uh, I watched lots of stuff over a couple of weeks because yeah. I had legitimately like a 10 day vacation. It was awesome. Roger, if you can come Dang. just a little bit closer to your mic, my friend. Yes. Little, yes, little I better. can. Okay, so, so, um, this, uh, over the weekend, uh, my, my mother has the kids, so it's just been me and the wife. We were supposed to go to New York, but, uh, those plans had to be canceled because of other things happening with family, uh, this weekend with us. So we ended up, um, finishing Demon Slayer and watching some other stuff. We plan on watching, um, edge of tomorrow today but Ooh. those plans got uh we, we spent way longer uh at the lake than i than what we thought so that's tonight we're gonna watch edge of tomorrow so i'm super excited about watching that tonight well lucky you here's the mm-hmm. thing we usually don't we usually don't get done till like nine o'clock that's like a two and a half 245 movie so be prepared for that too oh yeah but we got nothing going on tomorrow still so all right, it's all good. Okay. but it's a damn good. wait have you seen that before i have but she hasn't okay 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 yeah that's a that's a damn good movie man that, yeah, that's a 10 that's finally got my finally got my hands on a copy, so I can I can now enjoy it. 
There yes. you go. What you else? You know guys? what I got my hands on this week? Mm. Fucking Spider Man, bro. Heck yeah. Legally, I I should say legally. Yeah, too. of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. As well. Anything else going on, guys? Before we move on, start the show. Uh, no, nah, I think that's about it for me. How's it feel to be back? All right, go ahead here? and wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, good, good show. Let's give turtles a rating. Then let's move to score it. Um, <laughs> feel good to be back in the in the world of working, Roger. No, Christ, no. <laughs> All right, fair. I mean, I I, I, I don't know what answer I I don't know what answer I expected, but you got the correct one. To come back to work after like a long vacation. Nobody. Like I was on vacation long enough where I was like, I should never go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> How long could I make it with just the wife working? <laughs> well, look, I could coast for several months before it became like a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would also be like, not great. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> hilarious. It was if long I enough. Just, like watch, you know, movies and play video games all day. It'd be great for a while. Yeah. Then my wife's going to come home and be like, why didn't you go to work again? And I'll be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> She'll catch on eventually. Shit. Yeah. Haven't well, bathed or showered in days. Just <laughs> This is awkward. <laughs> I quit <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> Actually, I've been pulling this off for a month and a half and you haven't noticed. So, uh, yeah, there's that. All right, gentlemen, let's start the show, shall we, sirs? Mm-hmm. This is episode 343 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. was posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office currents and upcoming releases, what's streaming, trailers, and movies of the week. Without further ado, and Roger, you're going to be, if you haven't looked at the box office in two weeks, you're going to be pretty, I would think, surprised. But Barbie is still coasting number one spot. I don't think that surprised anyone. Thirty three point no. seven million domestic, bring Not us world, bring us worldwide to one point one eight billion. One point one eight. Jeez, that's that's knocking on the. Do we, do we think it's going to pass Mario, or do we think it's going to run, run out of steam? It's, just, it's got nothing point, coming out. At this point, it will pass Mario. At this point, yeah, okay. yeah, fair enough. All right, well, that's one we talked about. Check out that episode. It's an awesome episode. Oppenheimer. Number two, eighteen point eight million, bringing its worldwide. Okay, six forty nine. It's it's slowly creeping up there. The international is what's carrying that movie, but good, 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 good. Uh, number three, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, another fifteen point eight million, bringing its total to ninety four point six. It has a slow start, but it's it's doing it's it's coming back. Okay, May okay. to the trench. Are you ready? For this one, boys, twelve point seven million, bringing its worldwide to two hundred and fifty six point nine million. <sighs> Which one was that? The Meg to Meg to oh, the trench. Man, I don't think any of us would have predicted that. We all would have lost that bet. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I didn't think that first week, Chris. You and I talked about it last week. That did one hundred and twelve million worldwide. Yeah, that's nuts. That's just it's insane. But well, but. Go ahead. I was, gonna, I was gonna say you pointed out the the international for that movie is huge compared to the domestic. Well, it, the yes, inter- it's a much bigger yeah. split. The international is at two hundred and two. The domestic's only at fifty four. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, money's money. So no, no, agreed. But like, it, it's 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 just an odd thing for the international to be so much higher than than the domestic Dude, on, there on are a certain successful film. That absolutely love those monster kaiju films, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, also, I was reading a thing, and the the European market loves 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 jason statham so really? that's also okay. yeah that's also First another small, thing like who doesn't love jason statham? <laughs> I mean, you guys I mean, ever I mean, seen a small movie called crank <laughs> <laughs> he dies less, but then he goes lesser known film that was yeah. an interesting movie but yeah so you, you, you're, you're right you're right better. 
he's a very bankable star. Uh, number five, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. 6.5 million bringeth worldwide to 6.5 million. Not great. <laughs> Voyage of the Demeter. 6.5? That's it. That's Boat it. Dracula, baby. <laughs> yeah, they they knew that the, what they 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 pushed it from peak summer to August for a reason. They they uh, knew there wasn't okay. going to make, make anything. But gotcha. All right, six through ten. Here's a little. Not that anything. Any of these are going to be a. Um, any of these are going to be a mix up. But Roger, you were right about Haunted Mansion in its third week has only done seventy five million. And Chris, what's the budget for Haunted Mansion? Hundred and fifteen million dollars. There you go. There you go. That's all that we need. Real Jesus. sad. I missed that episode. <laughs> Number seven. Talk to me. Eight. Sound of Freedom still doing very well. That's at one hundred and seventy-two. That's you know it's coasting, man. Number Number nine is a Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, only sitting at five hundred and twenty-two. That's just so. That's not okay. It Number got 10. eaten by Barbie and Oppenheimer. Well, yes, it did. But it did. No, it did. Everything got eaten by Barbie and Oppenheimer. Indiana Jones: The Dial of Destiny peaks out at ten, rounding its taking its three hundred seventy worldwide. Like that's so that's awful for an Indiana Jones film, especially the last one. And it was an okay movie. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't. It wasn't Crystal Skull. That's what's important. It was not Crystal Skull. That's one of the takeaways that I had, at least. Even the the movie that they traveled back in time to two hundred and two BC to talk to the inventor of some device to let them time travel was not as bad as Crystal Skull. Let me just re- let me just reiterate that. <laughs> let, me just, let me just capitalize on what I just said. All right, gentlemen, there's your box office. Let's take a look at the upcoming releases. Here's some. Now we were talking earlier before we started recording, and it's it looks to be like we're going to have the summer was the big was the big part of the year. I think I think the 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 going into the fall is going to be a little less so, but this past weekend, August 11th, brought us Jules and the Last Voyage of the Demeter. August 18th, Back on the Strip, Blue Blue Beetle, Landscape with Invisible Hand, and Strays. So that's not a big week either because Blue Beetle's not going to do anything. August 25th, Bottoms, Golda, Gran Turismo goes a little wider. I've seen that, by the way. I actually kind of dug it. The Hill and Retribution, the other, the the, the now very cookie-cutter Liam Neeson films. And then August 30th, which is a Wednesday for some reason, we have a slaughter house, which is the sloth killing people. Uh, and then Friday the 1st. Are we uh, going to talk th- about that? We are not. Damn. We are going to talk about Equalizer 3, which is Friday, with Denzel Washington. And then September 8th, uh, Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even see that. I, I wish I had read that before I said it. What but, is that? I don't know. If one of you guys can look that up for me, I would, I would appreciate that. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 and The Nun 2. Chris? <laughs> um, Actually, you recovered. I got, I got, nothing. I got your, nothing. Your recovery last week was pretty admirable. I think you I said know, some, I know. N- none of your business. Like that, that was pretty I did, admirable. I did. Yeah, I got nothing this week. All right. September 15th, Camp Hideout. A Haunting in Venice, which, by the way, I am in, I am excited for A Haunting in Venice, but it's one of the few this fall I'm excited for. And The Inventor, <clears throat> September 22nd, which is a Friday. Dumb Money, The Expendables 4. Actually, you know, we were talking about The Expendables not making much money. It actually might make more money than it would because there's just nothing just else. because there's nothing else. Yeah, yeah, it just, yep. September 29th, The Creator, The Kill Room, which I now know is Sam, Sam Jackson and Uma Thurman. So that, that could be kind of cool. Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie, and Saw Ten. As Chris and I talked about, look, Roger, I I don't know if you saw the Saw Ten trailer. You want to? I have not actually. It's 
I think Chris and I were pretty underwhelmed by that. I mean, yeah, well, maybe, I agree. Maybe I'm mis- misremembering. I don't want to speak for you, Chris, but I was very. Well, no, 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 no. It, it, it's it's one of those things where, like, I mean, he he's passionate about about the about the project. So you know, I, I hope he's not in some garbage can fire of a fucking movie. You know, about this franchise, but it's not going to be hard to beat the last one. Is is the thing? It's not going to be hard to beat the last four. True. Also true. <laughs> I mean, Jigsaw is a great character. About, yeah. What about the Book of Saw movie though? Like that movie. That movie was okay, right? You mean Spiral? Yeah. Oh yeah, Spiral from the the Book of Saw. No, I mean it, it, it was. It I, think been mediocre was talking, I think that's what Chris yeah. was talking about with yeah. the last one being so bad. Yeah, it's I'm, mediocre at best, right? You know, it's not fantastic, but it's not great. It's not terrible, but no. If you guys remember, I I hated that movie. I couldn't yeah, stand it. Yeah. I fucking hated it. So. But yeah, it's not going to be hard to beat the last four or five of those. Uh, October 6th, which is a Friday, nothing. Well, the the Killers of the Flower Moon goes wider in theaters, so that could be a big deal. That movie's going to be a big old stinker, I think. I would tend to agree with you only because I just don't see much marketing behind it. October 13th, The Exorcist, Believer, and Ordinary Angels, which looks to be one of those religious films in October, oh. which is weird. Oh, October- I, can't wait to watch, I, can't, I can't wait to watch a trailer on it when you make us watch it. Which I will. October twentieth, Killers of the Flower Moon finally goes wide. It should be released everywhere. And Underdogs, uh, and then to October twenty seventh, Five Nights at Freddy's. And Roger, you had some interesting comments about this one before we started recording. So you made the point that you know, or uh, you guys were making the point that it's probably five years too late, and it probably is. But like that movie, you know, it's a Blumhouse, so I never say that they don't know what they're doing because trust me, they know what they're doing. <laughs> um, I think it might be better than you think, but it also, you know, Five Nights at Freddy does have a cult following. So I think it might do some marginal numbers. So I wouldn't be so, surprised. And I bet you it costs less than $15 million to make. True. Well, $115 million is, is what is the current goal compared to like, you know, the haunting mansion. But I agree with you that, that it has a built-in audience. I think it's going to do better than what than what Grayson thinks. I just, sure. unless, unless this thing is like some diamond in the rough, I do think it, it has been a little bit too long to expect great, like big things from it. I, I just, I don't know if people care about that. And or because it looks to be literally the same movie. I, and Willie's Wonderland beat it to the punch from 2021. Yeah, and but this has the, this has the name behind it and people, true. And, you know, it, it does have a cult following and it is a pretty, and it has, it was a big deal for a long time. So there'll be people that'll be interested. And then, Chris, I went this far for you. November 3rd, Friday, Dune, part two. Yes, give it to me now. We'll stop there. We're not too far away from November, already in 2023. Doesn't it seem like just yesterday was like 2004? Sometimes. My goodness, man. You you think time flies faster for you right now, Grace, and have kids. Yeah, that's what I, that's what people keep saying. Is just, Everything's in fast forward. Yeah, yeah, things just start and they just don't stop. Yep. Yes, sir. All right, gentlemen. There's your what's no sorry. There's your upcoming release. Let's take a look at what's streaming this week. We're starting over on our rotation at Netflix, uh, and I was scrolling through. I, there's one that I always, whenever I see this film, I generally stop and watch it. Uh, I really, I really kind of enjoyed it. Lawless by John Hillcoat. Shia LaBeouf, Jessica Chastain, Tom Hardy, Jason Clark, Guy Pierce, Gary Oldman, and Mia Wasikowska in 2012. Um, I actually kind of dug this one. It's and uh, Roger, you, you did you ever watch this one by by, by I don't chance? Think so it's a it's a really kind of a 
it's really kind of a bloody mess going back to the prohibition era with alcohol uh, and the, the, the police trying to stop the brothers from making, from making money on moonshine and, and then the like, and it's, it's, it gets pretty bloody as a matter of fact, like Tom Hardy's head almost gets taken off and then they have to like, it's, he's not, he doesn't die that way. He, I mean, but it's a pretty bloody film, but it's always, it he always strikes me as decapitation. No, no, he, did, he almost like he gets a knife, like drug through his, the front of his like windpipe and everything. It's just, it's brutal to watch, but it's, it's a good movie otherwise, but it's a, you know, Tom Hardy is very good. So is Shia LaBeouf in that movie. Uh, and Jason Clark, the third brother, is also, you know, he's a good fill-in for the other two. I think I, I chose one because I, I just did a Terminator Genesis deep dive for myself. And Jason uh-huh. Clark, was, he was a John Connor. Yeah, oh, he's right. But it's one I always like. So it's a, it's a, I think it's a very it's, it's a very evenly made movie that if, if you haven't seen it before, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with. Prohibition era uh, rum running. But check that one out. And Roger Roadhouse, one of your favorites, I have no no doubt on that one. Roddy Harrington directed Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch, Sam Elliott, Ben Gazzara, 1989. Look, if you've never watched Roadhouse, shame on you. You can watch shirtless Patrick Swayze just kicking the shit out of people, and it's awesome. <laughs> Patrick Swayze was a big name for a long time. It was, dude, and this is probably, this is what, besides, this and Ghost are the two movies yeah. that I... Um, well, this ghost and uh, Dirty Dancing are yep. the three movies that he's made for, which is weird because one's definitely like a dude beat him up action movie. The other one is like Dirty Dancing, which is, you know, him dancing. And the other one is Ghost, which is him being dead, coming back to like haunt his wife. So <laughs> a very, very eclectic group of movies. That While not incorrect in your statement, I think Ghost is a little bit different than what you've described, but you're not it's incorrect. Not, it's not. I'm, I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Ghost is that. I mean, it is very, it's very like important for where do you, where do you think uh, Red Dawn fits on that scale? I mean, it's farther down the line than those three for sure. Yeah, okay, I was gonna say. I, I, I mean, mean, listen. Before the other three, because I mean, Red Dawn's before Roadhouse, isn't it? Time wise, Roadhouse eighty nine. When was Red Dawn before that? I don't know. When had, it had been before that. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if for no other reason, I didn't know that Patrick Swayze was in Red Dawn until this moment. So yeah, probably not that one. He the is Red Dawn. Yeah, I hate the remake. I, the remake sucks. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's got Hemsworth, but man, that movie sucks. Yeah, not um, good, not good. But I mean, listen, Roadhouse is—it's a hell of a movie. It's got everything an action movie from the late '80s, early '90s would have. So, I agree. Just check I agree. it out. I mean, there's monster trucks. There's people getting stabbed. You know, it's great. Helicopters, hell yeah. gunfights. Fuck yeah! All the basic <laughs> '80s stuff, right there, baby. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. In uh, a yes. rock and roll club called the Double Deuce. The Double Deuce. That is a great band name, by the way, The Double Deuce. All right, Chris, you were in a very PG-rated family mood today, it seems, because you chose Despicable Me by directors Pierre Coffin and Chris Renault, Steve Carell, Jason Siegel, Russell Brand, Julie Andrews, Will Arnett, Kristen Wiig, and Miranda Cosgrove, 2010. I, I, I know you, you, you talk about this one uh, very fondly often, so... Well, I like this one. I think this is the better of the first three of the Despicable Me movies, at least. I don't know. Like it, it's got it has the connection piece with Gru and the three kids, which I I think is really well done. It's a it's a cute story along the way, and it has the best villain out of the three. Vector is hilarious. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, he 
I think people should talk about him as like a good cartoon animated villain more often when they think about like, you know, like a fun kids bad guy. And like some of his voice lines are really good. I remember him at one point in the movie, uh, someone's asked, asked him what he, what like <laughs> they ask him like, what are you warming up for? What are you getting ready for? And he just looks at the camera and says stuff. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that's funny as shit. And I, I think all the way through, uh, he had like people made fun of his jumpsuit and he was just super, he was super offended by it. And that's why he wanted to become a villain. So I, I like this. I like this one. I think it's fun. I think it's the, the, uh, what the better of the three. And this is when, you know, we weren't getting cash grab minion movies like we did with the last one, I think. So I, I do like this one. The second one's really good, too. But I think this is the best one. Best villain, at least. All right. So those are available if you subscribe to Netflix, Lawless, Roadhouse, and Despicable. I mean, that's kind of a it's a very like eclectic group of movies we have there. You have a, a lot of different things there. That's um. When was last, let me ask you this. When was the last time you guys watched something on Netflix? Last time I watched something on Netflix, it was recently. Like two weeks ago, when you made me. That's fair. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just I just watched Nimona the other day. Uh, well, actually, I, that's not fair either because like I've been I'm watching The Witcher. The Witcher's on Netflix Witcher yeah. right now. Yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry, buddy. And I wanted to ask the question because I, I, I ran. I had an interesting conversation with someone who works with Netflix stuff a lot. I'm not going to name this person, but. They're of the, they are dead set. And this actually kind of answers a lot of our questions when we talk about streaming numbers. He's absolutely, he's absolutely convinced that Netflix, like all the other streaming services, have a problem with, when I said something, oh, but they never reveal their numbers. He, he looked dead at me and said, do you know why? I go, no, but I would love to know why. Because they said good. Yeah, he's like, because they're abysmal. A few things they release especially it's like some some of those shows a few of the films they do great like extraction and some of those shows that people love they do great but 90 percent of the stuff they put out there goes to crickets and netflix and the, like and they know it and they cannot release those services but that's got a lot to do with that's got a lot to tie in with the um why the strike is going on because of residuals yeah, so yep. they're not they're not paying correct residuals now but once they start paying residuals for things watched the streaming model which is going to have to change tons after this is going to be not profitable at all after they start paying out residuals if the strike goes if. in the way that it's if the strike goes the way that the people want it to go the streaming servers are going to be they're going to have to reevaluate what they're doing well yeah that, but i mean that's a, that's a big deal sounds like you people owe cable an apology <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's true coming from a completely non-biased party over there 100% yeah 100% non-biased <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Yes. Let's. Well, I just wanted to, that little Netflix thing aside, but I, I thought that was very interesting. I, I hadn't considered that. Now, Chris, I didn't think you did, but I hadn't mm-hmm. made the link yep. that like if they're if they're not making money on them and they're spending hundreds of millions to make like me time, for example, a hundred million dollars, yep. and it's not, and and then they have to pay these incredible residuals to all the all the extras, all the bit players, all the people that aren't the you know the three or four names in the film. It becomes a whole lot less profitable to make those huge movies. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Well, it. Of, it yeah. I just I, I believe that there's going to be some lines drawn in the sand. I don't I don't see, you know, anyone like I don't I don't see them giving in on the residuals because of that reason alone. Because no, I so and many, I don't either. So but... many companies have put all of their all of their eggs in the streaming basket because 
like they thought it was just this gold mine of profit and we have multiple companies now where the, their model is failing at, at this point not not only like you know with the amount of, that they have on it but financially they're just failing hard disney plus is probably the biggest you know one to point out so it, it's they put all the, their eggs in this basket and now all of a sudden you know this basket might actually cost them more money there's i can't see them letting that happen uh without getting some serious other things off the table to, to compensate. So, I mean, I, I hope that all these actors and everyone gets paid exactly what they, you know, what they should be. They should get more for what they're doing. You know, all that. Kind I, of stuff. I, I agree. There yeah. should be residuals. There should be properly paid residuals. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. But like, money like, should I, be distributed as it's earned. That's I, I yeah. agree. Especially. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, the music industry went through this decades ago with all the streaming stuff and it's still going through it in a, in a way it's still in, in flux. But I mean, when you, it's a fairly simple cut. When you see a movie, a portion of that ticket goes where, I mean, it, it gets divided up. When you rent yeah. a movie, it gets divided up. When you buy a movie, it's clean. It gets it goes to the places it should. Streaming mm. is the X factor that doesn't make any sense. Well, and, and, I, and I believe that's probably why companies were able to make so much money off of it for, for, so, for as long as they have, or at least the possibility was there because they could make these things and then they just make so much more money off of it for, you know, for X amount of time and they don't have to pay people, you know, as much as they might up front for like a theatrical film. I agree. Yeah. And that's why I was so quiet on this show for so long because I, I knew the theaters were being somewhat strategic and or sorry, the, this, these, the studios, the, the big studios were being somewhat strategic and how they were handling things. But I think this is a level of like they wanted their, them doing what they're doing is forcing the streaming stuff to come to light. And that's what I think yep. they were trying to do. And from from the from the get go, that's why when we talked about it on the show, I never talked about that side of it because, like, kind of, I was hoping that would happen because you know me, I'm all about the theater experience, all about it. Oh yeah, because I mean, like, when we talk about Chris, you for instance, you you like the nuclear family. You have a wife, yourself, and two and two two kids. Like that's the American family. And when you guys, yeah, Roger, watch yeah, Roger, I have that. Oh, you don't, huh? Oh, of course. But, I have I mean, a cat. Is <laughs> fine. Fine, but. When you guys watch something on streaming as a family on, on Saturday morning with your kids, that's you pay one price and four people watch it for the month. It's not it's not like a movie. It's not like a movie ticket being sold. So I mean, a lot's going to change. But I kind of want to bring that up with Netflix. A lot's going to change though, mm-hmm. and some of the streaming services might not make it. I know there's two more streaming services supposed to start January of 2024. I just don't know how really? real that is, Jeez. because I mean, with all the I mean, if you and if you think Netflix is going to get more expensive in January, you're wrong. If you think Hulu's not going up or Disney Plus, like you're just flat out wrong. Actually, Hulu and Disney Plus both just went up. Yep, I didn't even check that. Are they? I just pay it yeah. monthly. I don't know what it so is. So actually, yep. well, we got a second. I want to talk about Disney Plus and Hulu and ESPN Plus for just a second, um, because that price did just increase, and it's still really for what it is. It's still a pretty decent value. Yeah. But uh, I, I, something came to my attention just kind of accidentally as I was flipping through the channels when I was, uh, this was actually right, I think it was the, the last show I was on. It was like the very next day. So I haven't got to talk to you guys about this. Um, do you guys remember when we watched the trailer for the Chris Hemsworth show Limitless? Yes, of course. That he's doing with uh, Disney Plus with mm-hmm. uh, Nat Geo? Yep. They've been playing that on ESPN. Really? Yes, that's kind of brilliant. Okay. Kind of. Well, a, I mean, listen, it's, it's the same company, so I, I get yeah. it. I mean, and, and if you guys have never watched it, this is actually a very interesting show. Oh, it is. Um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, but I just thought that that was kind of like, hey, 
you know, they're taking their stuff because I've seen this happen too with some of the stuff straight from Disney Plus. Some of their episodic stuff on Disney Plus is now making its way onto like FX mm-hmm. and things like that. So stuff that they are making originally for streaming now they are now bringing to the regular broadcast which made me think huh maybe they're trying to get more views out or maybe they're just like hey we're proud of this let me just show it out there because you know we already paid for it we own it so whatever but uh, i thought that was an interesting thing to see that happen i was just like huh so 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 here's the thing i want to bring up just just talking about that with what you just brought up roger is that I don't think they're putting it on there and advertising it because they're like, hey, we're proud of this. I don't think that's what's happening because every second of of space they have for commercials and advertisements for things that are outside of their own stuff is that that's money for them, right? That's advertising space. Absolutely. People pay for that. So for them to put their own stuff on there, they make no money off of that time spot now. So I, I assume it's to bring more people to those or say, hey, listen, we still have this. You should stay subscribed or you should be subscribed. I think that's probably more what it is because there's no way that they would want to give up that advertisement space if they didn't need to and make the money from that. I mean, that's fair. And I also looked at it. So they ran the whole season. They ran all because it was like eight episodes. They had them all in a row. Um, So it's not like they showed you be like, well, hey, here's the first couple episodes. You know, watch the rest of it on Disney Plus. Like they didn't do that. So, I mean, listen, they definitely sold ad space and definitely made money off of it. You know, more money than originally anyway. So. Or whatever, however they make their money on advertising. I don't fucking even know. <laughs> well, we can only speculate anyway. We, we don't know the greater conversations that happen behind closed doors and, you know, as far as well, contracts are the concerned. The thing is, though, and Chris tough. is right, though, because I didn't even oh, consider he, he, the advertisement thing. You know, even if it's something like take Secret Invasion right now, which is the big Marvel thing that just kind of came, just wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been received mediocre i haven't watched it so i won't talk about that side of it. mediocre mediocre on, I, being I think you're being it. i think you're being okay. generous with mediocre well, uh, but yeah. uh, that's irrelevant okay that was a big budget thing that they did you know if they were to take something like that and run it every wednesday night at nine o'clock on fx that would make them more money right of course it would. Yeah, yes. yeah, of course. Just by the simple I mean, nature of how things so work, I, of course. I 100% think that that's something that may start happening. <laughs> mm, it's you true. Know, listen, we put it out. You paid for it. Here's your early access to it. If you would have waited three months, you get to watch it, you know, anyway, on FX. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if, I, if, they're, if they're doing it, it's because they have to. It's not because they want to. It's a hell of a way to fill space during a writer's strike. Well, sure, but again, it's oh, yeah, it's oh, yeah. It's because they have to, not because they want to. Disney's been. I know Chris and I well, kind of touched on this a little bit last week, but Disney's having really to wanting money. You're not wrong about the having to and wanting to thing, except for the fact that you you take the writer's strike into account, and that's a way for some play, some companies that have the ability to pull from their streaming platforms to hold out longer. That gives right. them a little bit a little bit more to kind of say, "Hey, you guys have been striking for five months now. You got, you guys want to come to terms yet?" And they say no. It's like, "All right, cool," and they just start putting things that they have that are like you know. They're Disney Plus only, Disney Plus exclusive, Paramount Plus exclusive stuff like on the actual like networks for a little bit. Well, Paramount yeah. Plus has already started doing that. And they actually yeah, yeah, started yeah. that a while ago. Like uh, their some of their their spinoffs from Yellowstone, like their 1883, which was supposed to just be a Paramount Plus exclusive, is now being played on Paramount, and it has been for a while. So they're already doing that. So. 
Well, that's just a smart move, especially with within within whatever confines you own to distribute that. Yeah, that's that's oh, yeah. that's just a smart move. Well, I mean, I hope you people are no. ready to watch a lot of live sports in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, a lot of people will be happy about that. But here's, I mean, the the crux also is this. I mean, we talk about this a lot, so I'll I'll say this, and then I will, and then you guys can finish up whatever thought you want to. But the streaming services have been operating under the uncertain model since like 2004. And and I, I I agree with people saying, look, streaming is not uncertain. That is, it's almost the it's, it's almost the standard now. You cannot operate yeah. under under that. Well, it's an uncertain service, so we're going to pay you once, and you're not going to get residual. Yeah, that was fine if an actor took took, took a chance in like two thousand four, five, and six on something going to be on Netflix that might or might not sell or might not be be viewed. Fine, but like we're so far past that that it's I can understand why they're striking. So again, the striking is. If the people strike and get what they want about full residuals going to the writers, going to all the bit players, all the actors, everyone below the line that's not making this huge sum of money up front, is things are gonna it's gonna be different. And you know, I like that it will be different because it gives a little breathing room for studios who are now like, okay, thank God. I mean, we have a little bit of breathing room here because like for a while it was looking pretty grim. But and I, I personally think when this whole thing stretches out, it's there's going to be a resurgence, like like a film resurgence, like in the '70s. It's going to be this. It's going to be this whole thing that's going to start. Maybe Hollywood's going to shift focus from putting all your eggs in two or three big things a year basket to diversifying and maybe doing eight or nine, you know, smaller budget films, but still have names attached, still have good writers attached, kind of like it did in the '70s. So we'll just see what happens to that. But that's just last what I want to say on that. You guys are welcome to give a last thought. Well, that's good for me. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Well, that's we always end up talking about that, but it's it's a very interesting, you know, this whole strike thing is is kind of unprecedented, but it's also the result's going to be it's going to be industry changing. So, well, I, it, last thing I'll say is the strike. It's weird for everybody, but it's a long time coming, and it, it will reshape things for the future of everything we watch besides sports. <laughs> it will, and it, and it, and, it, and rightfully should. That's the whole thing, and rightfully that it definitely should. But there's a little viewers, you, you you got what you didn't ask for. But our thoughts on that, gentlemen, thank you very much for that. Let's take a look at some trailers real quick. Talk about Painkiller on Netflix. Uh, Matthew Broderick, Uzo Aduba, Taylor Kitsch. Now, here's what I think is kind of the 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 linchpin is is this little series directed by Peter Berg. And it, and it is a miniseries on Netflix. How are we feeling about this? Uh, Peter Berg should be giving us Hancock 2. That's all I have to say about <laughs> agreed. that. Agreed. No, 100% agreed. See, yeah. Right? Let's go. Let's Listen. Let's bring That's Will smart. Smith back. Listen. Let's listen. You, 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 listen. You say a lot, of, a lot of intelligent and correct things on this podcast. I will say that, Roger. That is the smartest thing you've ever said, though. Ever? Wow. I think so. I I've never like agreed with something more. I feel like some sort of weird backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we thinking about painkiller, Jens? What are we thinking about painkiller? Uh, I mean, look, listen, you know, I know this is a fictional thing, but it is based in reality yeah. of, you know, the lawsuits for Big Pharma. Um, it's got a lot of big name people in it, and it's probably mm-hmm. going to be pretty well written. This is actually something, a Netflix show that I might actually watch. And generally, I don't do that <laughs> because it's, they're not very good. So I'll be interested. I'll give it I'll give it a, at least an episode or two. So. I wish it wasn't a episodic. I wish it was a longer film or like like a two part thing, and that was it. I I, I agree with I agree with you, Chris, hundred percent. But you know, I'm you can't can't do eight hour movies though. 
No, yeah, but can. one, th- no, one thing I, can't. one thing I, I wished, I wish a lot. I wish they'd do more of it's, I don't know if you guys, did you guys ever watch Hatfield and McCoy's? Yes. With back in the day on uh, yeah, back the, it, yeah. history channel. Yeah. Yes. But now it's on, it's on different streaming. It, it gets traded around their streaming services. Now what they did, they did three 90 minute like films, but like they weren't, they were a part of a much bigger, but like, I wish movies would do instead of, I know you're like, well, it's a kind of a trilogy. I, I get it. But like with the intent on like, just it cuts at a certain spot and then just picks right back up again. Another 90 minute segment instead of being episodic. It's just like three mini movies. That's kind of what I wish some of these would be. And maybe painkiller would be better off like one of those, but I definitely agree with you, Chris. I I'm not looking forward to the episodic nature of it. Yeah. At all. Well, so. can I, can I ask a question and we can move on past this. Are yeah. you not looking forward to it because it's episodic because it's on Netflix or just episodic in general? Well, because like, what if it was like episodic on Apple TV? Well, no, but or I don't Amazon. think that's. I don't. I don't think uh, it's the episodic part. I kind of have a, th- a thing. We there's way too much content that we have to cover for me to get bogged down in these shows. Except for you know the the Game of Thrones, the House of the Dragons, the the big shows that everyone is talking about that we have to. We obviously well, have to cover. Hold on though, because it's episodic on Netflix means it's a single day drop anyway. Well, I'm certainly willing to do one week. We talk about an entire season in one week, but you well, guys no, no, are the ones that, that are worried about. Well, listen, yeah, yeah. I'm not ever going to do that. <laughs> so I, w- I would like to, on the show state, I'm never going to binge eight hours of something to talk about it. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's the choice you could make with. Now, listen, if it is episodic on anything but Netflix, I guess we're Hulu now because they do. They seem to be dropping things in large chunks like that as well. You know, you can sit there and you can watch it from, you know, noon to eight o'clock if you want to. Like that's completely up to you. So you really didn't. Didn't Hulu have another drug episodic thing lately? Maybe a few months back. I don't know. I think someone did. Like this is not the. F- There's been a few of these in the past year, year and a half. That Hulu, we've come Hulu up. Hulu has some good stuff, man. They do. Hulu they really is underrated. Do. They do. Hulu, Chris, I, Hulu I know you is like, the best of Disney Plus. Yep. Chris, I, I know you're a big fan of the Shanghai Noon, the Shanghai Nights. Oh yeah. Those are both on here. I just discovered seven. Yep, I don't think I'm going to yep. give those a go this week, but I, I like those. But yeah, Hulu's got also some Also, give stuff. me Shanghai Dawn. Let's go. Hell yeah. Is that, a, is, that a, is that a thing coming? Is that, is that like in Dude, the Dude, they pipeline? talked about it for like 20 years. Oh, yeah. Know. Okay, fair. But they also talked about like Rush Hour. Was it, is Rush Hour 4 finally coming? Still? Well, that's happening. Okay, fair. Okay, okay. Let's talk. Let's, let's pivot a little bit. Talk about the holdovers real quick with Paul Giamatti, Tate Donovan. It's a feature. What are we thinking? I'll go. Uh, I'm yeah. actually okay with this. Like, I like Giamatti. Uh, he's with a guy that he made Sideways with. And, um, God, what's the other movie they did together? I don't remember off the top of my head. But, on, uh, like, this Who's, is kind of his work. Oh, this is this Alexander. Yeah, this is Alexander Payne. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Like, this is, like, their boys. This is kind of his wheelhouse. Um, I like Giamatti. I like him in everything. I love him in Billions. Uh, yeah, I, he, I, lo- I love him in Billions, yeah. Yeah, he's fucking Chuck in Billions. He's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um just like the worst kind of bad guy who's also not really a bad guy, you know, that kind of thing. Nope. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, this is going to be like a weird drama comedy thing, and I'm okay with that. Uh, see, like, uh, I watched the trailers with uh, with my wife, and I, I think we were both kind of unimpressed with this one. Is this going to be a film? It looks like a film, right? It is, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I just... I don't know if this is something that I'm going to be into, you know, and, and that, that's just me. It doesn't mean it won't be good. I just, I don't think I'll watch this. Well, to, to, sorry, to, to Roger's defense, election sideways, the descendants, that's all are, 
all are pretty amazing. <laughs> okay, those yeah. are some great movies. And Nebraska, though it didn't perform well, is still a pretty decent movie, and so is Downsizing. Okay. You know, Downsizing's not I didn't great. didn't like but, Downsizing. Well, it's still like a decent idea. It just wasn't executed correctly. But yeah, Alexander Payne's made some great things. So, I mean, as far as like he's earned my watch, so I'm going to get especially if it's in theaters, I'll watch it. I'm on this like watch everything theaters kick right now. I'll watch everything. So, yeah, I, I don't see a problem not to. He's election is a movie I watch all the time. I, the Descendants is a movie I watch all the time. Sideways, you know, once every few months I'll watch. So the movie of the week. We are running a little long in the tooth. We're at the 45-minute mark. Let's talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Get some particulars out of the way. Now, these numbers for Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter being 96, which is very impressive, and audience score being 91. Again, extremely impressive. To are me, they that high this, for this? To yep. me, this, they seem, that seems a bit high. Why? Okay. And by a bit high, I mean... Well, okay. In, I'm not talking about if you watch it, you're getting a, a thumbs up is up, a thumbs down is down, and 91 set up. I, I get that part of it. Yes, but yeah. okay. you, as long as you get that, because that's yeah, yeah, yeah. all that matters when it yeah, comes to that's, this. But like, I don't think that I don't think that it's a 96 and 91. On like, I it's not a 96 I, on Metacritic. I, I get it's not the same thing, but yeah, I yeah. just I would have given both those a thumbs up. But like, I just don't see it as a lot of people look at that as also like a score. And I don't do that, but I mean, I know yeah. a lot of people do. A lot of people Roger, definitely do. Roger, what you, you seem to be the Metacritic guy. Do you know what the score is on Metacritic? No, but give me 30 seconds while he reads off particulars and I'll get it. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Let's look at some particulars here. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem also has quite the good voice cast. I was very impressed by the voice cast as well. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Cantu as Leonardo. Shaman Brown Jr. as Michelangelo. Micah Abbey, Donatello. Brady Noon. Raphael, Jackie Chan, which I was, I, I didn't know how I was going to feel about, but I ended up kind of kind of digging his his splinter. Oh yeah, and he's fantastic. I think. Ao, he's got a seventy four on uh, which Metacritic. Is, that's that's actually good, right? That's yeah. that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ao Adebri as April O'Neil, Ice Cube. I thought Ice Cube kind of stole the show for a while. Dude, look, film. he rules. He's he, so does. he does. Oh, my goodness. He was so good. Seth Rogen as Bebop. John, John Cena as Rocksteady. Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko, which I couldn't. Mondo Gecko. Also, Mondo also. Gecko. Yep. And Natasha Dimitro as Wingnut. Rose Byrne as Leatherhead, which I couldn't place until I saw the credit. The crocodile, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, directed by Jeff Rowe, written by a host of people. Uh, again, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, and Evan Goldberg are both writers on this. Uh, they're they're kind of they've always they've been a team for for a long time. Those two are kind of boys, so they that's what they do. But um, Roger, what's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem about? If you could, sir? so this is this is a reboot of Ninja Turtles for I believe the third time theatrically, the fourth time theatrically, right? It is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the seventh movie of the Turtles. Sure. Seventh movie, fourth reboot. Okay. Um, and this, this is just a new take on their origin story, like how they come out into the world. And I, I want to be honest with you, I kind of dug this movie from start to finish. Um, this movie looks incredible, you know, and I'm coming off of a, a really big high of watching like great animation recently, mm-hmm. especially coming off of like uh spider-man across the spider-verse now look this is a completely different style of animation but damn it it works very very well here (laughs) um what they do with like the 3d cell shade 
and then like the almost like chalk outline stuff. It's great. Yeah. Um, the voice casting. Look, I, I want to bring something up um, that they actually use teenagers to voice the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Yep. That's that was a, awesome. Yeah, that Thank was a you. big that was a big deal for me and, and my like my wife even pointed it out and it made it feel they sound like kids. Yeah, they act yeah, like yeah, kids. like they, yeah. It, it brings that you know that teenage kind of like like feel to it, which I think is important for this. I, I would, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it this is the only one that focuses on them being like teenagers, that making stupid yeah. teenage mistakes, and yeah, yeah. I that is one of the that's that's definitely in the pro column. Well, this isn't a completely original take. Uh, it, it doesn't stray too far from the the core of how the turtles were created or mm-hmm. made or wh- whatever term you want to use for it. It does put an interesting spin on it, and it definitely sets up for a, a longer haul, a couple of movies at least. And I think it works, man. Uh, I was very happy. I enjoyed this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really, truly did. Yeah, so. I, I, I agree with you. And actually, my kids did, too. Out of nowhere, my youngest started just it was like two weeks before we saw it, you know, for the, for the podcast. But like she just started asking us every day, you know, can we go see the Turtles movie? Can we go see the movie? And she never asked about going to the movies. And she kept on asking because uh, we went to go see the Barbie. It's movie all over movie. Nickelodeon right now. So, yeah, well, me and the wife went to go see the Barbie movie and my kids wanted to go because, you know, it's Barbie. And we we're like, no, this is this is PG-13. This isn't PG. So my five year old started saying, is the Turtles movie PG? Can we go see the PG Turtles movie? And I'm telling you, man, it didn't disappoint her at all. We were in there. That's great. She was she was quoting things from the commercial. She was excited when things would happen. She even got super depressed when uh, Donnie didn't say, but who are we at the point that she thought he was supposed to say it? Mm-hmm. And it was like super sad until it actually happened. And then she perked back up. But so the kids they had did, a lot of fun. They did cut the trailer differently than yes, how the movie yep. is. And Agreed. I commend them for that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Me because too. they uh, I think they did a really good job of like not necessarily misdirection, but it you it doesn't exactly play out how you see it in the trailer. All the mm-hmm. scenes are there. That's correct. Yep. You know they didn't leave anything out, um, but it's not set up the same way. And I thought yeah. that was definitely interesting as well. Agreed. Most people aren't that clever anymore. Oh, also true. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, we had a discussion before this that would lead into that, but we'll save that for another week. But you're 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 right. It's unfortunately when a when a very clever movie comes along, it's kind of a it's like whoa. But it shouldn't be like every movie should be that clever because every writer should be like, how do I, you know, every writer should be painstakingly trying to make their movie stand out. But you're right. That's why this movie stands out. And it's not I mean, this is not Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even close. To no, no. It's, it's not. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's unfair to compare it to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I was if I was involved in this project in any way, I'd be very happy with the product that I would have put out. Fair. So, OK, that's that's a very, very fair thing to say. Um, so let's talk about the turtles for one second and how they've been portrayed. Usually how they've been portrayed is in the live action, the 90, what, 90, 91 and 93 for, I don't know if that's the, those are the years, but they were, they were, you know, live action in suits and all, they all look different because every movie had a different style. I mean, only because like mm-hmm. they just did them differently, but it's, they were, they were kind of older teenagers, if not young adults, the way they were the way they looked, the way they acted. I mean, again, yeah. that was that was kind of like the pioneer time with uh, adapting stuff like that to the big screen. And I, I got the first 
the first the, the the first live action film to me is still the king of the turtles adaptions i oh, agree away, I, I mean you sure that that'll always be a place in my heart nostalgically because it was i mean here's the thing that was a really big deal at the time too because like those were animatronic you know what mm-hmm. i mean like the faces were like robot faces and they did all that crazy shit so yeah good for them by the way Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, the, one, it, the, one, the one scene when Donnie yells, but you can see the person inside of him yelling all yeah. <laughs> the guy's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Classic. Yes, 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 it is indeed. Um, but that's I, I. It's a nice to see. It's nice to see a another telling of this. But when the turtles are, they're very, they're so young that I think it would have been harder to make a more mature story out of this, yep. because they're they're just not there yet. They're just not able to. You, you, they're not there. As as young as they are, they're just not there yet. So we no. we may get as they grow, we may get a more mature story from them. I, I'd be okay with that. I would too, but I think if it if it remains animated, I don't think we'll I don't think we'll see that from this version of the turtles. And also, I would be surprised to see them age them far past what they are now. Because in I mean, as we know in Hollywood, if if this is successful, they're going to do as little as they can to shift that away from what's been what brings them success and they will they'll keep them where where they have the most kind of like pull i think is what will happen at least money well, yeah maybe yeah well, that's, i, I think legitimately if you wanted the timeline this you do at least one more movie and they're graduating high school and i think that would be a more than fair way to grow yeah, them up okay. without actually having to take them completely out of the elements right well no early. because then because then you have the very you have the very built-in well, where do we? I mean, Donnie wants to go yep. to college, no doubt. Absolutely, Raph absolutely, probably wants to go to college. There, there are plenty of yeah. adult or you know, like real life things that you know people would have to deal with, and it also gives you because, like, look, this they're easily portrayed as fourteen or fifteen year old kids in this movie, right? Yes. You know, they even timeline it to fifteen years, right? So there's a lot difference between a fourteen or fifteen year old between an eighteen and nineteen year old. Absolutely. You know what I mean? A lot of growth. Physically, maturely, you know, maturity, maturity wise, you know, I, that's a story that I would try to tell. Obviously I don't get to write these stories. What? (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess I could technically, I I did write, you know, entire thing for a better reboot of the mighty ducks, but true, true, true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean this, this story that we get here, you know, it's basically them just kind of goofing off and then ending up in this situation that doesn't. Now, look, I'm not going to tell you that this movie is based anywhere in reality. OK, what? well, because well, look, man, we, we we had a whole group of things for some reason that tried to make this live action. And I think the Turtles format fits better animated. OK, because yeah, yeah. like. Even if you go back to the original, like late eighties, early nineties run of the Ninja Turtles, you take six foot tall Ninja Turtles and you put them in the street and you have people believe that they've been there the whole time, right? Yeah, that's that's a hard pill to swallow. Oh, yeah. But if it's a, if Raph it's animated, yeah, if it's animated, I don't even have to begin the dude. It's, you don't have to even you can completely suspend that disbelief. It's easier for me as an adult human to do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because um, the other part of it is, is think about the crux of the story. And I know I'm skipping way ahead and I'm sorry, but think about, you know, there's there's basically a Godzilla monster attacking New York City at the end of this film. Right. You could have yeah. never done that in a live action version of this, even like the shitty Michael Bay versions of it, where everything, everything they were were CGI. 
You couldn't do that. But here you can. And it Mm -hmm. feels very much in line with the story that we took from the beginning of this movie to the end. Didn't feel out of place to me. And I think, again, that's a testament to good writing and using the medium that they have to better tell the story that they want to tell. And I'm totally okay with that. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that's very commendable the way you said that. Very, very well said. I don't don't think I'm going for a couple of weeks, bro. I fucking unload both bullets. Let's go. <laughs> You've gone for one week. Did you think it was longer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, what you said was right. And it's, I, you're probably right about the, it's a better, this, any story you're going to tell within the Teenage Mutant Turtles universe probably benefits from being animated rather than live action. It's because of the, even in the Bay films, you have a you'd have a tough time seeing them mingle with even the even the even the character. I forget who played um who played the guy. There was uh, Megan Fox and who was the other guy? Was that Will oh, Arnett? Yeah, Will Arnett. It, even like when they blended even with them, it was it never looked right. It never well, felt right. It never looked nope. right. So I mean, uh, I think. I think talking a whole bunch about the Michael Bay ones is going to do this a, a disservice, but I True. think Mike, I think Michael Bay has, has that, has that issue. I think he has, he can't seem to get past the whole needing a strong human element tied into things that aren't exactly human. And I yeah. think that's to hit, to, you know, to a, the non benefit of a movie that would be like about the Ninja Turtles. But on top of, you know, that, I think this movie benefits from the fact that, again, animation comes bigger to play here, where you can kind of not have any people be a part of it and it feel more natural to, like, whoever's well, making the film. Well, that's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, so and I think that, that works for it here. You know, while the Turtles want to be a part of society in this, and it, I think it's a good story to kind of highlight the fact that they're teenagers and they, they're looking to belong, which, you know, that's, that's all a teenage kid wants to do, right? You, you know, he wants, you know, he wants to, to be liked by his, be accepted yeah, for who yeah, he is. Yeah, yep. be liked, be accepted, you know, fit in with his peers. You know, that's a great thing. I think a great springboard to jump this off on. And it's a good story and it, and it makes sense where, you know, there isn't this, while there is a big kaiju attacking New York by the end of this, the, the bones of this is very, you know, it, it seems very legitimate. It seems very, it makes sense. There's nothing that you have to really like pull far from what, you know, what these teenage kids would want to make it happen. Whereas other films, you know, in the past, especially like, you know, the Michael Bay stuff, the live action ones, we haven't had that. You know, it, it's yep. been very it's been very high scale, high stakes kind of thing that gets that even begins everything with them. Well, so I, I would argue, though, this is probably the most well written version of the Turtles we've seen on the big screen. Um, and I'm not the, saying this has any like like like, you know, Oscar winning writing here. Yeah, but. Like the story that is told, you know, if you look at it in the medium that we get, it it, it works, and you don't These have are... to be like, well, yeah, you know, Raphael's in a trench coat. No one knows he's a giant fucking ninja turtle. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you don't do run you, into that. Do you think that that lends itself to the fact that they're that they're younger, that all that works, or Maybe. W- w- if, if pretend like the first Ninja Turtle movie, which is the best one that's ever been made, um, sure, well, like, like, like take that film and animate that right now the same way that this is animated style 
you know, do you think that movie's more successful because it's animated, or do you think it, do you think that there was a, a kind of a charm to the fact that it was live action back then compared to this? I, I think you know, I think the latter is true. What you that's just said. a very interesting question because I don't know if I have a true answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I think about it, though, it would have been a hell of a thing just to animate it in this kind of style and just retell that story. Yeah, <laughs> now listen, I would be disappointed because I really did like the story. True. Here, yep, yep. That might have that might have been like a real a real good thing be like whoa okay yeah. so they told this story well but just remember too though and listen i'm gonna get ninja turtle dorks dork uh, oh yeah okay. do it Fucking i'm do gonna it. do it i'm gonna do it so the one real issue with the at least the first three live action turtles okay i mean we probably don't need to talk about the third one because it really is a, a pile of garbage yes, but it is. they did change the origin story of the True. Ninja Turtles slightly. And here's the mm-hmm. thing. To this day, as a 41-year-old man, I don't understand why you would have to do that now. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, why? Yep. Like, you've chosen to adapt the Ninja Turtles live action to the big screen. But the one thing you couldn't put up with was how they told their story originally. <laughs> you had to make <laughs> changes to it. Not yep, the fact that point. they're giant turtles running around the New York City sewer system fighting crime. No, no. That's totally okay, but they couldn't have gotten covered in like the, you know the mutagen, right? Like the the ooze or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's wait, the stuff wait, that they changed. What did, what did they change in the live action about? I thought they were covered in the ooze in the live action. Well, no, they were, but they changed like how Splinter became, how he grew up, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Like they, they changed all that from what was the original cartoon version of the series in the late eighties, early nineties. They changed yep. that for. For at this point, for whatever reason, that that's that's just a choice that they made. And now I'll give them some credit. They were consistent with that weird story all the way through their little trilogy that they had. But why why make that change? Like, I don't understand it. It's like you took your source material, changed one key thing or well, and one of many key things. Yeah. And then this is, the, you know, there's still supposed to be teenagers that are giant turtles fighting crime in New York. Yeah, I just I don't understand that. Are are you just just for clarity's sake? Because I want to make sure that I'm 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 answering like you know what I what my opinion would be about what you asked is. Are you talking about the original three or the Michael Bay two? The original three. The original three. Okay, I I think in my opinion that it's more about probably the just the perceptions of things like that at the time you know like sure. what parents are okay their kids seeing you know what what the world is very different now than it was yeah then, obviously. like, like, like you know, what yeah like what stories you know that your kids watch you know like and then like you know the origins of the turtles if like you know you know them being ooze covered or whatever and all that other stuff is kind of like okay and you know like if all that makes sense to for the time i think is probably what it was whereas where nowadays you don't have quite those hurdles to climb anymore can can, can i just chime in with one thing for example one i think with that 90s film and this is without looking at who wrote it but with that 90s film with the 90 film the i only consider the first one like like so many franchises only one of those (laughs) movies exists to me although the you kind of the second one the second one fit into that i was gonna say yeah true the second one's okay you can't really because the second one it did even when they were dancing around vanilla ice is in it even (laughs) well listen he's in this so that was cool even when like he was, that. even when they were dancing around to the "Go Ninja, Go," like they still didn't look like they didn't belong in that universe. But that's a whole different. But like that "Go Ninja" is uh, is as iconic as anything in the first it two is. films ever was. It really is. So, but even with those first, like they were still, I think you're downplaying. It was still written by people who probably didn't have a whole lot of who weren't passion. Like, 
passion. passion behind the lore and they were just like just and when someone's explaining them they're just like just give me the fucking basics with no so i bet you what they did they're like hey we want to adapt this to the big screen here's the first five episodes of the cartoon show yeah watch them and then go write a script (laughs) okay yeah that's fair but here's the thing but 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 it had casey jones in it you know what i mean who who wasn't a part of that till you know much later farther farther along the line you're right i didn't i forgot about that you are correct but again, there's the there's the human side of it that you just talked about. Even though it's not Bay, it's still Hollywood's incessant need, and I agree with this need to put a human person there so we can better measure who the mutants are. Well, not, not, well, not even levity. It's because they they wanted to put something between Casey Jones and April O'Neil, and then you know what I, what you were saying about animated versus not is if you animate that, you lose a lot of the the April narrative voiceover of. I was gonna say. You especially the, the, lose those pictures. That's what you the lose. the human element from the first one comes in hard, but it comes in when when it comes from April's perspective on the turtles' recovery from after they they lose and you know they almost lose Raph. I think that's very like actually like an important piece of storytelling because it doesn't start that way. It's only during the recovery process and like that that scene. Now, however, this is this all this should be saved for the deep deep talk discussion about all the turtles franchise. Because you okay, know, okay, I, 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 I think we're, is, face, we're we're focusing a little bit too far away. Well, let me just okay, stop. let's swing back to. Let me ask you: This film, yeah, was made. This is a kids' movie. Yes. Yeah. The oh, sure. 90s, the 90s one. While it's a kids' cartoon converted, I don't think it, though it was probably considered a kids' movie. It was made for an adult audience. I'm surprised that the movie from the 90s, the first Turtles film, was rated PG. Uh, and that the story that they told is, you know, like the story they went with was the story that they told. I think it's a like, especially for the time. It is a little dark. Period. It was super little, dark. Yeah, it is. However, I just, I, I, I don't know if, like, when they greenlit all that back then, if they knew what they were getting into. I, I, I think it's, I, I think it's like, you know, what, like you said, where it's like, here's five episodes cool now go make a movie about this and they were like yeah and like the person who handed them the five episodes didn't watch them either you know what i mean it was just like you know you know whatever in here is probably fine it's a cartoon right here you here you go and they weren't even in order yeah yeah. (laughs) well but it was just five episodes not the original first one to be fair it's all i mean turtles was everything in the in the late in the second half of the eighties, that was that turtles were fucking everywhere on every lunchbox, oh, every thermos. Oh, I know. I had, a, I had a recliner at the age of eight, sir. I know. So, but that's the point is no writer really? would have known anything. But anyway, my point is, tell me more we, about this recliner. It was. He's awesome. talked about it. He's talked about it before, man. Yeah. Has I mean, a couple times. Yeah. It's legendary at this point. So yeah. All right. So 100%. let's move forward a little, little bit. How do you guys? <laughs> How'd you guys feel about the, and I'm not, I don't want to talk about the shows, which I also did like the, the eighties, nineties, the cartoon, which mm-hmm. I watched yeah. growing. I, I, I dug that and I didn't mind the reboot. I watched a few episodes. I was just, I had grown into other things by that point. Anyway, how'd you guys feel about the 2000, what, 2006, 2007, the TMNT? So movie? I actually wanted to bring that up. So I think the story that we got for TMNT was a good story because it wasn't an origin story. Like they had already okay. been established you know, they had already gone through their own trials and tribulations. Yep. You know, like Leonardo had taken a sabbatical. Raphael's out doing awesome shit. <laughs> and, you know, everybody else is just lame. And those are the only two people that you need to know about. <laughs> like, and that's, that's really how that story falls. I agree with that. Um, but it was, they but, weren't even like, they shared the spotlight with that guy who was all, it was all about the guy and his penance towards letting those 
creatures and those beasts free. It was all about him being freed in the end to get his um what his his stone clan or his uh his yeah, warriors. but to, because he didn't, he was sick of living as an immortal. He's like, I don't. This is my punishment. It's not a. I no, thought it was. I a, should be. I thought I it was a. Dead. Yeah, yeah th- this is a punishment. This is not a reward. So I mean, like again, I thought that story was a little. It kind of carried the theme. Like it's a little dark if you really think about what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, but then the bay things come along, and I. You combine two things I love, especially at the time, Michael Bay and the Ninja Turtles. I thought it was going to be time. It just didn't. I didn't mind the first one. The I first one was okay. I could have given you the. It's the second one, the Out of the Shadows. It's so bad that movie sucks. And we're yeah. talking about a we're talking about directors whose movies really either were were okay and pretty good or suck. awful. Yeah, yeah. It's just. I just don't understand how Michael, like, why he would have jostled to make, like, why he would have even wanted to make those movies. I just don't get it. Like, why that? Because even they let him. him. Here, here's the thing. I think in that one, that's his arrogance, because he had made a couple of billion dollar movies with the multiple Transformers movies he had done at that point. Uh, especially that you know, one of the worst movies ever made that made a billion dollars was the second Transformers movie. <laughs> True. <laughs> and you know, listen, if there is one thing that will fuel somebody's ego is shit like that. Um, like, Hey man, I basically wrote that myself during the previous actor writer strike. And it still made that kind of money. I can I Everything I touch is gold. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's the kind I of can thing make crash like, and they love it. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right? Like <laughs> God has no restraint over me at this point. <laughs> but you know, what's the, what's the, what's the King Kong ain't got shit on me. Yep. From training Every day, day yeah. we stray further from God's light. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're also coming off. I mean, I don't know how big his ego was still from The Rock at the time with the Transformers, Transformers Two. But like, I mean, like, look, it when you have something like The Rock under your belt, The Rock's one of the best action movies of all time. So, I mean, Agreed. there's also that. But I mean, again, I don't know how how long can you play that card? Sure. You know, how many like are The Rock? Like Michael, it's 2014, man. That was 96. Give it up. All right, you've you've had your I mean, time. We we get the second version, you know, the the Out of the Shadows movie, and it's just so bad. It's like they took everything that was good or everything that was okay or good, okay to good in the first movie, and then made it worse. <laughs> every every step of that is worse. And then didn't don't they blow up the Statue of Liberty? I think was so. It, but was, one of my major things was didn't Knoxville voice Leonardo to like Leonardo. Didn't Knoxville Actually, voice him? I'll go pull up that voice cast because yeah, he's in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't. Yeah. I always thought that was a weird choice. I mean, it it fit fine, but anyway, we should we should move a little closer to because this is the next one in the timeline. I think is the next one in the timeline, but we should move to this one. But I mean, fast forward to this one where you have mutant mayhem, and it's it's different. It's 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 approached differently. I personally like the splinter from the first film in the night, like the 90 version of turtles. Well, yeah. Agreed. But this one, I mean, this one's fine. It, I mean, he's funny that, you know, he's quirky that, you know, like, like you know, he's funny. Kids. He, he fights, he kicks some ass, yeah. he, you know, yep. he does all the things splinter should do. So that's, yeah. And my, my kids thought he was funny, you know, like it, it like it definitely ticks a whole bunch of boxes and it, it gives them an angle. Again, it, you can't really have the young teenage angle unless you have, you know, that father figure, you know, in some way and having Splinter be like, you know, the over anxious parent worried about his kids. I think that works for having the younger teen, you know, the younger, the younger teenage turtles. I, I think agree. if they were older, it'd be different. I agree. And 
I like the role that April played in this one too, especially with like the the cell phone and and, re, and re recording everything. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I, I didn't know how they were going to approach April in this one, but I, again, I I have no problem with April O'Neil in this film either. I don't know it's, why people have such when, a problem when with she it. goes. Am I supposed to record everything you do? Because most of the stuff you do is kind of dumb. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Well, again, that's that's doubling down on the teenage aspect of it. Everything, yes, because what I'm doing is so important. That's the whole, yeah. the whole TikTok thing. Is they think that we want to see what they eat for breakfast every morning? I don't know. No one gives a shit about that. But you it's, sounds that's so a, old right now, dude. Thank, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> uh, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I didn't mind what they did with April. It's all the elements I think come here to make a pretty decent movie, which I, th I don't think a lot of people had any faith in going into mm -hmm. it. Which well, is so like, uh, it, I think it suffers from the fact that there have been so many versions of the turtles now, and 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 which I don't think are unfounded. It, it's you know they had the nineties film, you know the eighties and nineties cartoon, you had the nineties films, and then you had you know a whole bunch of different cartoon versions, and you had the live action Bay ones, which you know people a lot of people don't like those you know overall and you know anyway as like a turtles property, and then you have this like it, it, I think it's okay for people to look at this and go eh. You know, it's okay, cool. It's more turtles. When there's never sure. been like this, like real bang out of the park success besides the cartoon, and you can argue the first two movies in the early '90s. There's been no huge success with the turtles until now. So it does True. make sense, you know, in, in in that sense that people aren't like super pumped about this or super well, excited. It's, it's because Chris, we talked about it last week. It was sitting at like forty-one to forty-five million worldwide. Yeah. And this week it's jumped up to almost a hundred, which means the word is getting out that hey, that's actually a pretty decent film, man. You should do exactly. It. If you're yep. a fan with, if you're a fan of Turtles, take your kids. You'll love it. I surprise. Well, you know, well, great. Well, again, there's not much else out for kids right now either. Which I think that every now and then we get a kids uh, like a kids property that lucks out this way, where it's like, holy crap, we're the only thing out right now. Awesome, and it it it, it boosts its effect. It's you know its efficacy, which is is good for them. You know what I mean? Awesome. Sure. It's. I mean, it's. It's strategic, and when you plan to replace or release things, absolutely. And if if you release a kids thing like this and have nothing for four or five weeks, that's a nice little run of money you're gonna make. Mm -hmm. Well, let me absolutely. let me ask you guys uh, one question about the advertising for this movie. Yeah. Have you guys seen a advertisement on TV for this movie in the last week? I have not, to be honest. Okay, but I don't watch TV. Yeah. So. Okay, well, here's the thing: I have, and one of the things that they're touting is their Rotten Tomatoes score. Oh, okay, cool. But Which, you see, they're, listen, they're using I, they're using that to their advantage. Of course, they, they are, and, and they, they should. should. <laughs> but they're using it as look, we're it's a ninety six percent. Like, no, 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 ninety six out of a hundred gave it a better than fifty. See, the, the, here's the thing, though, that doesn't matter to people. Well, it doesn't matter to them. All it, all it, it, they're they're touting that because hey, they want you to understand that everybody that sees this thinks this is a good movie. Mm -hmm. You should go see this good movie. Because listen, not a single yeah. person ever advertises a movie when it's got a fucking 12 on Rotten so, Tomatoes. So hold on. So like Grayson, what, you seem to have a problem with, with like that strategy for them to market this. I and, do, only because I think it's complete deception. No. Okay, hold on. You know, you say it's complete deception, but what Roger says isn't false. You know, 91% you know, of people that see this think that it that that it's at least a decent film it's, well, okay. it's not a it's not a bad movie now Let hold me, on hold on okay. well, why does that why is that any worse than when a when a movie says you know you know nominated for you know for for three emmys you know watch this movie you know or you know nami you know 
Oscar nominated, you know, whatever actor, you know, is in this film, watch this movie. Okay, There's I no difference there. I, well, yes, there is. It's if you, well, they're using when the Emmy, nom, whatever nominations or Academy Awards been nominated for, that's verifiable. You can go see it's, yeah, it did receive his nominations. Did it win? No, but they didn't say it was a win. They said it was nominated. You can, um, you can do the, you very, can do the same fine. about, uh, about, okay, a, about a percentage. Me a second. You can, yeah. but it's, so they can verify that it was nominated. The, but it's using what they did about using the, the Rotten Tomatoes score. They don't explain what that means. Now, just give me a second here. They don't explain that, well, out of 100 people, 96 thought it was better than 50% of, 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 of quality. It's like saying, for instance, if, you're, if, if someone's touting a boxer, promoting a boxer and saying, um, he's, never been, he's never been knocked out. You take that to mean he's never lost. But if you look at his things, like, ah, he's lost quite a few times in the scorecards. He's just never been knocked out. It's just complete. They're using a broken system to promote something. I, oh, I, hold to, on. Me it's just, to me, it's just dishonest, Chris. That's hold all on. it is. I don't hold like on. dishonesty. Hold on. You say it's dishonest, but Rotten Tomatoes has been out since 1998. It's been out for 25 years now. And, and it's been popular long enough that if people don't know what Rotten Tomatoes scoring system actually isn't how, how it works, how is that anyone's fault? Well, no, it's not. But however, fault. however, Chris, we talked about Nimona last week, a deeper dive, and mm-hmm. some of the feedback I got was people saying, and I, we talked about this before the show, is, well, do you guys realize that PG means parental guidance? And yes, there is one below it, G, for general yeah. audiences, which very few movies get anymore. How, however, you know, a common complaint that I'm going to, when we address the next one, and when we address Nimona again, if we ever have to, is, look, yes, it was rated PG, but yes, parental guidance, but again, you and I both agreed that on the show that okay but no one no one pays attention to that pg yeah. means it's suitable for kids that's what it means that's what it's come to mean yeah. that's my point though is it's it's not a i if i just think it's dishonest that's all i don't i don't think there's dishonesty there on the part of the of like them using that as as like marketing because it's rotten tomatoes problem people don't understand what rotten tomatoes is and how well, it works. fine it's okay not, it's not the people that you're use right it. you're right well, let's talk a little more about some of the voice cast, which I think very much works to this movie's credit. Before before we talk about the voice cast specifically, I do want to point out that throughout watching the movie, that something I really appreciated and something that I needed and I didn't know I needed until this moment was uh, Chubby Raph. Because <laughs> Chubby Raph is the... the goddamn most awesome thing i've ever seen <laughs> seen in the kids movie and i, I needed like that little baby raph you mean wait so yeah did yeah he, yeah did he also have a bandana that covered his entire head he did oh the other turtles he did that, that's like a canon thing yeah like, yeah he, that he yeah that's not that. uncommon yeah that happens okay, that's, in, that's in pretty cool ones. though now like like chubby raph chubby baby raph was so cute and so adorably awesome i needed that in my life 100 percent. his little missing tooth like i don't know i just thought his his dopey ass looked awesome and then um on top of that, like it made me like want to look up the voice cast even more because of like how like of the turtles that they become, right? Like their personalities kind of like, you know, fitting their voices is something I'm always interested in seeing. And um and Raph is a is is not what, what you what you would expect his voice actor to look like. He's the skinniest, no, he's, whitest he's, boy you've ever seen. Yeah. He's Brady Noon from Good Boys. Yeah, yeah. He, he <laughs> sings from Good Boys. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I thought that I thought that was interesting, but the like the cast for this voice wise is so good, and it and I know we have said this once before, but it's worth highlighting that like like the whole voice cast is teenagers or kids, and it really does play into the ambiance 
and like the the feel that they that these are these are teenage you know turtles fighting crime and coming into their own and i think it really does play to the strength i really did appreciate it i agree i agree 100 percent. it 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 works too it doesn't mm-hmm. it's they took a different approach with this one and i'm glad they did it because we've got the other one the other one if they had rebooted it with if this one had been you know kind of teenagey uh moody turtles we like we've done this we've done this, this mm-hmm. is the third or yeah, fourth true. time now why so i'm glad we went, we went back and but the voice cast i think it highlights that more than most things and i didn't so before we talk about them i want to i want to talk about the other cast for like the okay. leatherface and the other ones i did you guys like them as much as you like the the, the voices chosen for the turtles did you so, say Leatherface? Where's he at? Leather, he's it's Leatherhead. Oh, well, Leatherface. Does, does he have a chainsaw? Leatherface is the, he's the bad guy with a chainsaw. <laughs> okay. A totally <laughs> different movie franchise. Leatherhead, sorry. Um, so I I want to I want to talk about the the rest of the voice cast for a second. Obviously, we're gonna we'll talk about Ice Cube by himself oh, because oh, yeah. he steals this movie, right? He's 100%. um. Besides Paul Rudd. I don't think they use the voice cast because, listen, they had a really strong voice cast, but most of them don't have a whole lot of lines. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a, not necessarily a problem, but you, they don't really get to shine. Like, mm-hmm. John Cena voicing a guy, a character like Rocksteady, that should yeah. fit, and, but he doesn't yeah. say much. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, well, that's the issue that I have here. Here's the thing, though. Same with Seth this- Rogen, too. Well, well, I think Seth Rogen not being a huge part of it is kind of okay since he's the one that kind of like you know it's gave this thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't, don't. I think I'm glad his his attention was kind of elsewhere. But here's the thing: if there's going to be a second movie in the series, and if they're going to keep some of these characters coming back, I don't know how you have another Turtles movie or at least a series where Bebop and Rock City aren't like a part of it. You know what I mean? Because they're well, iconic we, as well. We are getting a sequel and a TV show. I, 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 I know. It's all confirmed. That's kind of my point, though. So, like, you know, while John Cena as, uh, you know, uh, what was he? He was Rocksteady, right? He's yeah. Rocksteady, yeah. Yeah. As him as Rocksteady, while he didn't get to shine here, you know, what if in the second film, man, it's like it, it's it's those two with a huge, you know, a much more, you know, like poignant part in the film. You know, maybe they're like beating up the turtles for the first half of it and stuff. Like, I think that'd be cool as hell to see. And you know, I think John Cena is a great fit for that, honestly. Well, I mean, I don't think they'd be. I don't know where the plot's going to go for this, <laughs> but like, they're they're on the same side now. They're you know they're, right they're now. I know. I, I I had some questions about that part, but yeah. But you know, I mean, I I think I think there's a chance we see John Cena in like the second Turtles movie or like it's in some some episodes of you know of whatever TV series we get for it, and I think that's and okay. I can see I can see John Cena like really getting bought. Like I could see him like, no, dude, I'll do that for free. I just want to do it. Like it's just, <laughs> hey, can you just see him like as he's doing mm-hmm. the lines at the microphone, wearing like a rhinoceros hat? Can you just dude, see he's, he's the correct age to yeah. have watched the Ninja Turtles growing exactly. up? You know yep. what I mean? Like that's Absolutely. a big deal. Yeah, I think so. I think this is the. Uh, I think you know Seth Rogen's like John. He's like I'm in. Whatever, whoever you want me to voice, I'm in. I love the turtles. Like <laughs> I'd be a bad guy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. A, I think it's great. I didn't, and I. I love. I couldn't quite place her, but as Leatherhead, Rose Byrne. Again, thinking back, great choice for Leatherhead. Great choice to give Leatherhead that kind of voice too. Yeah. I don't remember the voice he had in the cartoon. Was it? Was it like a Southern draw? In the cartoon, or am I? Well, I mean, they went they went deep dive with the mutants here. Mm-hmm. Um, they did. So a lot of I, them had very little to voice things, but I mean, yeah. very little. For some I don't, reason. I don't remember. I don't really remember the um, 
uh, like Leatherhead in in the cartoon, like back back in the day. I don't know why I'm like I'm picturing Leatherhead having a very southern draw, of, a guy's voice, but very southern. I don't remind no why I remember that. But no, it's it's, it's possible. So like will, so the, the, the the thing I was surprised on like voice cast and like like how they affected the film was actually Superfly because. Baxter in the TV series was not the back. It was not the person that we got, you know, like as like the fly Baxter villain Stockton was not. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. So Jim, Jim, Carlo Esposito. I forgot, I forgot to even mention yep. him. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and, and because like the Baxter from the T from the cartoon back in the nineties, he, he, he was like, you know, the nerdy scientist who turned into a fly, right? Not the fly baby that grew up to be the, like the fly super, villain. super fly. Yeah. Super fly. <laughs> so like, I think that was, uh, that was interesting. And I think it works here. And I think, you know, while, while, you know, the original Baxter was a little different, I think it works for the, the feel, the film and like a good first villain for the turtles, because, you know, he's kind of, he's not far from what they are. Right. You know, obviously, cause you know, similar origins, but then like, you know, he's a bad dude that really does, you know, have like this, you know, this thing he wants to do that doesn't line up with, with the way a lot of people are thinking morally. So he, he's a good thing for them to come out against and say, hey, listen, you know, you know, you're just like me. We're just like you. And like, like we can still have these very different views on the way everything works because that leads them into, you know, then like some human villains, which we may you may have seen if you would have stayed for the after credit scenes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so like, like yeah, mid credit scenes. So I think starting with a villain like this instead of starting with the Foot Clan and starting with Shredder, I think this actually works better because it's because sh- like it then leads into you know okay like this is pretty bad. How bad can humans be? And then you know we'll get to, we'll get to meet uh, you know Orokasaki and you know his Foot Clan. I think in the future, which I think will be really cool. Sure. Well, starting with the Shredder also kind of goes. They chose to really take a big departure on this one, and it's probably needed at, at, at this point. Well, they've, they've all been Shredder, or the way well, the, the TMNT in two thousand six wasn't, but they but they say, talked. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was the Foot Clan, and mm-hmm. they referenced the Shredder, the Shredder, a couple of times, but he wasn't in it. But he would have been no, had there been his had had that movie been better received, or would mm-hmm. there was a sequel, he he would have been in the sequel. No, the Shredder is my is my husky who is in the middle of summertime and just is there's fur everywhere. It's I it's, it's, said it's terrible. I <laughs> it, it, it was a good choice not to not to include the the tried and true foot clan and shredder it was a good I th- choice i think i agree with that but i do want to see them though because they like like they are as much of the turtles as the turtles are to me oh, from, from, from as like a 90s fan version however like they also seem better to me used in episodic fashion which they may i mean so roger's right there's one film at least right now greenlit and a mm-hmm. season one of a show i they did the, all they said was season one they didn't say yeah, anything more about so it Maybe if they introduce them slowly over a season and then use them to like separate the turtles from the friends they've just made, so it's mm-hmm. a little more drama in, involved. And yeah, sure, of course that that would that would work. And then like well, Shredder, like Orokusaki, and like what is he a Shredder? I don't remember. Orokusaki is Shredder. Yes, is Shredder. Yeah, okay, and, and if and if he becomes over a TV show, like over a season, he turns from. Orokasaki into the Shredder, then that makes I think more sense too. Yeah, well, but what we got in, in the mid credit scene, I, I think he's already going to beat a Shredder once once we get to yeah, see him finally. It seems <laughs> to me that he is already established as yeah. this man. Uh, the other thing is too, you know, depending on whatever decision they decide to make when they go further on, there are other characters, like iconic characters that we haven't seen, Casey Jones being one of them. Because mm-hmm. um, he's not yeah. there in any capacity. And Casey Jones is every bit of part of the Ninja Turtles Yeah, as the four turtles. Um, but there are other Ninja turtles, not just the original four that have been true brought in. There's like six now. 
there's mm-hmm. uh the two lady turtles um venus and uh jenica so mm-hmm. that's real dork, dork shit there but like those are definitely <laughs> those are definitely like other characters that they, they can explore if they want to go that route listen so. you want to talk about dork stuff we could talk about last ronin for hours i think but oh yeah know. i mean i have well, that, that has to be on f- my mantle as an excellent excellent thing listen mm-hmm. if you want this ninja turtle story to get super dark sure <laughs> <laughs> That, but that, I feel like that has to be like a almost like a John Wick style feature it film. Is. Okay, yeah. yes, I'm saying is it's got to be very dark and it's got to be. And, and I hate how you Raphael, hate, which is bullshit. I, I hate how you revealed who it was. That really kind of irked me, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners didn't. Well, trust me, when you find out who it is, you're just like son of a bitch. Well, yeah. That's an awesome, awesome concept, especially for the turtles. Especially like, oh, yeah. you know, it's just it's so awesome for something like that to. You don't know which one it is. He uses all the weapons. It could be any of them, especially if you yeah. can somehow stretch that for more than one movie and like really bring that out. It's awesome, man. I mean, listen, IDW, the comics folks, did a really good job with uh, how they took the Ninja Turtles storyline. Um, they also did a really good job with uh, how they took the Transformers storyline as well. And um, they have real people behind those couple of franchises that really care about mm-hmm. the uh, the stories that they tell and listen none not all of those will ever translate directly to movies or anything successfully but i think comic books are a great way to expand stories that you couldn't put onto film or tv show so yeah agreed yeah i'm more of a get the big book at the end compendium kind of guy or read the whole trade paperback in one run heck so i could i couldn't do a monthly comic book anymore i don't really have the attention span for that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, you know, there there are real stories to be told. And Ninja Turtles, legendary comic runs, man. And like oh, yeah. the last Ronin is definitely one of them. Probably the cream of the crop for for them. So now you is that like super dark as in like lots of like lots of death, lots of like hunting this guy down, trying to find him and he has to protect himself. And it's an adult story. But yeah, it, yeah. OK, that's what I like. That's what so intrigues me is like I never I've never really known the turtles to be you know, like super mature theme, but that seems like something that would be like a rated R turtle thing. It's like, that's like super cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, it is. So I'm psyched. I'm psyched. Now that's in production. Like that's something that's already being done, right? The Ronin, the story is done. They're making a game of it. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what I, okay. That's what I was thinking of, but yeah, it's going to be pretty, however they do, it's going to be pretty cool, but let's go back to mutant mayhem here. Let's talk about <laughs> ice cube for one second. Yes. Just a second. This. I just, just a second. Every time he really did, Roger, you nailed it. He, whenever he was on screen, whenever he was talking, he stole the show. He stole he it 100%. 100%. He had a good time with this, and, and, and I'm pumped to see that. I would love to see, like, I would, I don't want to put it at the end of a movie because it kind of breaks the wall, but I would love to see in like a special features of when you buy it digitally, like you get those, sometimes you get those uh, special features, but like how mm. many busted takes they all had just laughing at each other. Just laughing. Yeah. Yeah. When yep. they were like going back and forth and so like you see John Cena have a serious face, but he says something stupid and like, then they all just bust up laughing. I would love to see those outtakes. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. And I'm sure the ice cube had several of them because he's one of those guys behind the scene. He loves to crack jokes when he's doing, when he's doing um takes, <laughs> he loves so, to say things. I was, uh, I almost choked on my drink. I was in the middle of taking a drink of my pop um, when he gets hit with the um, the rifle, the anti mutant or anti mutagen rifle thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. And the horse pops over. He goes, "A horse, one measly horse. I don't need that horse." Dude, <laughs> I, was, 
<laughs> I don't need that horse, and the horse just gallops away. I thought yep. that was so fucking funny. I didn't even it was need good. that horse. Yeah. It's weird, but it was good. Like, it's weird that that happened, but it's a good, it's interesting. Now, I mean, the people that, who are the people trying to hunt them down? Are, are they someone in the, in the lore that, like, weird police force with the weapons? And then that woman who was, I forget who voiced her, but she was, like, um, trying to, she's trying to take their blood so she can make something of her, so she can make her own, like, super soldier. They're, that's taken from the lore, right? Obviously, somewhere in Turtles. Well, so like actually, like, uh, and Roger, you may know, but I, I don't remember her being I, present in anything, honestly. I don't remember them either. I, I think that was created for this version of the turtles, is to ha- give them someone besides the Foot Clan to kind of like be like an adversary, maybe kind of early. So like maybe like you know, because like we've talked about the plan for this, like you know, this is movie one. There's a series and a movie two, most likely that like that that like that weird police action force might be like what they're dealing with in an episodic cartoon form until we get to like the foot clan and shredder stuff. Most likely is what I would assume. Okay. Fair enough. That's seems like something that could turn into something, but yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was interesting. That was very interesting. I mean, I, I really have a problem with like the hand wave of an explanation, like the dead, like the, the ex machina, like splinter just coming in and saving the day. I really kind of dislike that part. Of you mean that. why they were being, you mean why they're being milked? Yes, well, they're <laughs> yes, they're being milked. I really didn't like that part of it either. I want I wanted to make. Oh no, that. they're milking me. Where were they being milked from? Let's answer that question right now. <laughs> oh, no, you really want to know? Orifice was that hooked to? <laughs> oh, you I mean, there's know. one that comes to mind, honestly. By do do tell do tell it winks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, we're done. Okay, we're, we're moving. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was you know I, again. Splinter's always the weird. How are they going to portray Splinter? Super powerful or wise and guruish, but not kind of a physical presence. I, I they went with the super powerful kind of. They just used him to get them out of like that was a get out of jail free card in this one. I, don't know. I wouldn't call him super powerful. He kind of like fumbled his way through the fight that he's in and kind of like you know improvised. Listen, his way, which, he very which, much Jackie Chan. This I was fight. gonna say. <laughs> I, I think. Oh well, no! Like I, I, in all honesty, I think they I'm did glad, it on purpose. I yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think that that was an homage to Jackie Chan. I think they did that. To kind of like, you know, because he fumbles his way, he uses his environment, he he improvises with, with, with a few items he runs into. The the computer chair is probably the most obvious one to think about. But like, I think that was an homage to Jackie Chan, and I and I kind of love that. I'm 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 all for it. And like for like uh, on your whole like his ex machina appearance, you know, there's got to be some comedy with the whole milking thing. You got to bring that all the way around back to Splinter for him to ask the question if they're being milked. And then all that other stuff that goes along with it, it it's fine. You know, it, it, it's a kid's movie meant for kids that adults are going to see with it. I don't know how else you get Splinter back into the mix and, and give April that like that second that she needs like, you know, to, to show you that she doesn't need to be redeemed. She was on their side the whole time kind of stuff. I, I, I don't know how else you write that to quickly get to it. And I don't want this movie to be two hours long. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I one thing I do want to talk about this movie. This movie is like a tight 95, mm-hmm. which is like yep. perfect for this kind of movie. Yep. I agree. I think it fits in real well there. Can uh, you guys saw this like in, in varying theaters. Um, so one complaint I have about my my theater experience for this is that the movie sounded kind of muted sound wise. Was that like just my theater or was that like, do you guys have that same experience where like the music was there, but like it was kind of muffled or muted back. And same with like, even like in the last act when all the stuff's going on, the music and sound effects seemed very muted while everything, while everything else is kind of like, you know, normal volume. 
I did not have that issue. However, I did not see this in 3D either. I didn't realize it was in, available in 3D. Yeah. It just didn't match up for me uh, time-wise. Mm-hmm. But no, I didn't I didn't have any sound issues like that. Okay. Well, it might not have been an issue. It might have just been how it was shot and, and cut, so I just wasn't sure. But it sounds like it might have been my theater then. Yeah, um, the other, look, if it's the a theater in the... That- Go, go ahead. I was going to say, if it's a theater in the Ohio Valley, there's a good chance that it's the theater's problem. <laughs> <laughs> those, those, haven't been, those haven't been updated in decades, man. So, hmm. um, yeah. For the first time in a while, I just had to smile at, you know, like laugh at little kids in the movie. Yeah. Um, because, you know, obviously this, mo- this movie, you know, for the first time in a while, it's not just anime. This actually is a movie for kids. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was a couple of, like, kids in, like, the, the 8 to 10 range who were, like, super pumped up to be there. Heck and, yeah. like, normally, like, I'm like, man, I need my theater quiet. I need the experience. It was actually really nice to be at that kind of movie theater and mm-hmm. that kind of movie experience. And these kids were just loving it, man. Now, now like, you, laughing now, and stuff like that. I'm I'm glad you said you you said the latter part there. Like I feel like kids movies, especially PG and G movies, they are off limits to that 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 quiet theater. That like, absolutely, you know, that, that, I agree like, with that. Yeah, like when we went when we went and saw like Rise of Gru and more, you know, uh, Mario and stuff more recently. Like sure. I'm okay with like the kids being into that and like kind of yep. like you know saying stuff when they see things on screen and all that. And and maybe I'm biased because I have kids and you know and and I kind of I'm okay with them doing that you know, for their sakes. But like, I think you're off limits. Like when we went and saw this, it was us and what we thought was just, you know, like uh, a mom and a dad or well, like, like like a guy and a girl. We get, we didn't see the kid. So like, you know, we sat down, my wife was like, you know, should we move away from them? So, so they can't hear our kids. It was like, and I, like, I looked, I was like, I was like, we're, we're in a Ninja Turtles movie in the middle of the day. They know what they possibly signed up for. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, like, yeah, you can't be mad when kids come in to see a kids movie and then act like and act like some kids. Now, if I mean, I, like, my, look, if that was in the middle of fucking Oppenheimer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, bro, your kids gotta go, dude. <laughs> when I, when I drag my kids to the gospel that is that is Dune Part Two, you know, I'll make sure they're quiet for you. You know what I mean? Silence. But yeah. <laughs> Silence. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how I, I mean, look, I'm always the guy that loves to see people and like infectiously laughing and pointing at the screen and tapping the kid next to him and like, well, kid tapping the kid next to him, not an adult, that'd be weird, but kids tapping the kid next to him and like pointing at the screen. Like that's awesome to see. It still is the theater experience because I thought that was going to be gone forever. I've said forever what you go, going to the movies with you must be exhausting. (laughs) Why? Why? It's like bringing a it's, it's like bringing a giant kid with you. I guess I think. Well, you know fine, I mean? like I'm driven purely by emotion. Like Top Gun, I was crying. I, there's been a few other movies where like I get really into it, really emotional. I'm just I'm that guy that buys into every single movie. And all well, he's the, not telling you, audience, is that he cried during the um the beach football scene. Is what he cried during. Mm. So <sighs> that was a good scene. Yeah, it was. Um, no, <laughs> I mean I just the, yeah I get really into I get really into it, and it's you know I could tell even. I felt something even in the Bay Turtle movie when they, at the end they were all they were falling and like they were very much going to die if someone hadn't stopped that from falling, and mm-hmm. then someone stopped. But like I was that monologue that Raph gives his brothers about I'm sorry I let you guys down, but if we're gonna die, I'm, I'm glad I'm dying with you. It's like mm-hmm. that got to me emotionally. Like turtles have been in my life for as long as I can remember. I'm like I did shed a tear for that, one. but like there's been a million movies in between where I shed a tear. But yes, I, I laugh with the kids i get scared with the kids i cry with the kids if there were kids in theater of course why not it's the Mm -hmm. gamut of emotions that i run 
that I willingly run and subject myself to it at all the times. So yes, in yeah. that way, if I'm if that's exhausting, then I must be exhausting <laughs> moviegoer because I sign up for that. I I I get taken in every time, especially a rom com. Hmm. Some someone dies or has cancer or is dying and holding some. I, I'm I'm it. I'm jelly. I'm done. Just. Your ideas of comedies just you went real dark. <laughs> yeah, Rob comes when someone dies of cancer. No, but like, just those, like those really, those really, those really emotional films, and I get really into those. Like, I love. There's those. nothing wrong with crying in a movie. No, nothing. but I mean, yes, but yes, in that way, I guess you guys, I'm. You guys are weak. To go to a movie with. You be quiet. So, <laughs> so, so I have two more things that I want to bring up and point out, but I, I, I think we are we haven't talked enough about Act Three yet, but like. No. One of the things I want to bring up is about Act Three, right? So there's a call out in this. We need to roll it up anyway. I there there's a call out in this that I thought was actually really cool that I appreciated as an anime guy was when they talked about the Attack on Titan thing. Yep. When that when that comes up in the, in the high school, it's like, oh hell yeah, Attack on Titan, you know, cool shout out thing. And then when they yeah, actually they like use, use the... yeah, when it, like when Donnie uses that to figure out how to, how how to, like how to beat you know Kaiju Fly. I thought that was really cool, and I really appreciated that. And like, and my wife was watching it with me too, and she and she thought that was that was actually like a neat moment for them to like include in the film because it's very pop culture, right? It'll it'll resonate with with a whole bunch of different ages, you know, right now. So I think yeah. that that was really cool. So I I appreciated that, you know, being a part of the film, and I think I think it was neat, you know, kind of have it like pop in there. So yeah, just wanted to point that out. I thought that was cool. They do a lot of good pop culture references in this, mm-hmm. um, which is weird because. <laughs> You know, the Ninja Turtles is basically based in our timeline. <laughs> as we yeah, true. Yep. So that's that's kind of weird, but you know, sure, whatever it fits. I do love uh, one thing. I do want to laugh about. I want to laugh about Leonardo for a minute when um, he's trying to like spit game at April. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How how awkward and cringy it is because I'm just like, dude, I remember being that way when you're like 14, 15 years old trying to talk to some girl. <laughs> bro i get it <laughs> i get it everyone gets it that's the whole that's like and then when he decision. when he keeps calling him leo and his last name is nardo he's like my name is leon ardo <laughs> i thought that was funny there are a lot of good like off the cuff remarks that like some of the characters said i'm like god that was so clever the way they said that there was a ton of that especially towards the end when they're referencing the monster there's so much of that and that's again it's one of those things that it makes or breaks a movie for me it's like that's what i really I thought that was awesome too. So the the writing here is, I mean, I won't say it's top notch, but it's better than what we usually get. Can we talk about April throwing up for a minute? We could have done yeah, that. Please. When, when they show the clip of her throwing up on the news and then it goes on for like an extended amount of time. <laughs> like I was dying laughing at that. When she just starts sweating in the middle, like it looks like she's got her composure and then just for like 12 seconds straight. Impressive. Impressive. It it was more puke than I thought was going to happen, honestly. But, you know, it's more puke than should have than should have come out of somebody. No. Oh, again, this is where you don't have kids. And uh, I've seen a lot of puke come out of a kid. (laughs) Bodily fluids that like aren't. The bodily fluids that are coming out of them, I just can't. I just can't do it. I don't know how I'm gonna do it as a dad with like throw up, mm-hmm. and I just I, I don't know. One day when listen, I, man, when, <laughs> when my when my now five year old was four, and she threw up just so much, and it was like your stomach is not that big. Where's all that? It it it's crazy. It's nuts. Oh man, no, tons no. of fun too. You should have a kid. 
Um, well, about the third act you mentioned is, I mean, it's that's where the movie kind of comes together and everyone starts working together to defeat the enemy. But I mean, it's or defeat the big what do what do you call them the the, the fly kite the kaiju fly kaiju fly kaiju, yeah kaiju fly yeah, super fly. I did. I mean, again, it it felt kind of rushed to get there, and even during the fight, it felt kind of rushed to me, like they hadn't had time to come to like to make the revelations that they had made. Uh, I thought it was just real quick. The, the whole thing with turtles are attacking the city with other insects to me i think that kind of came out of nowhere as far as the story is concerned i thought that was weird but am i maybe i'm the only one in that how they like the last like the 11th hour of the movie they kind of spun that to be this part of the story well i i I think they were kind of making more of a like a, a mention about how fast perceptions can be like seen one yeah. way, but it not be true. I think that's what they were going for there, yeah. which is which, it, which in, in our in our day and age, it's very it's very real. Sure, well, of course, and it, it actually it, it actually goes with Splinter's narrative too, that everybody would hate you, mm-hmm. you know. So for them to immediately have that, and then have a single human being like April, you know, basically get that script to flip on them and go from there. So I think that's also like a retribution thing for that. But yeah. the movie didn't yeah. the movie didn't feel rushed to, to you guys even as an th- animated movie. Nah. I mean, I think the fight the initial fight with Superfly and while the rays getting put together and being used, I think that did feel rushed, but I didn't realize that we were going to have a Kaiju fly. You know what I mean? So like it made yeah. sense then at that point, but it, uh, I don't think it felt too rushed. Like they I, defeated I think, him easily. Oh no, they did not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he was Shamu, you know, blue whale fly and then other stuff. So, yeah. I did this horse. <laughs> <laughs> All goes back to Barbie. Always goes back to Barbie. Um, I, I, I did like one thing I thought was hilarious. And Roger, it was my moment of laughter was I forget who said I think it was Paul Rudd's character who says it. The like the the, the, the weird the weird like teenage lizard thing. Mondo Gecko. Sir. Mondo, Mondo Gecko. That was Paul says. Rudd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul Rudd. But it didn't sound like him. <laughs> but when when when. Um, when the fly falls in the the ooze and, and the machine that he was going to use goes with him, Mondo Gecko says, "I wonder what happens when the when the when the machine he was going to use to kill all the humans and him falls into the ooze. What happens?" And then I yeah, yeah. laughed at that because like that's such a that's a, that's a good question because like what happens next? And then we mm. get Mon- then we get Giga Fly, mm. Kaiju Fly, yeah. So uh, that's. Oh, so let's. We should move to score this. Yeah, well, well, well I, I, I have, I have one more question, and okay, and I, okay. I think I know, how, I think I know how you guys are gonna lean, but I think it's important. I didn't let my kids watch anything turtles or interact with anything turtles until we saw this film because I love the '90s movie, right? I'm gonna make them watch that shit, but I didn't want to watch them before we went and saw this movie, and that's now, because, why? well, so that's the thing. This is like this is gonna be their Ninja Turtles, right? This is gonna be yep. their version of the turtles. From here until whenever until whenever this project you know fails or you know that it runs its course, and they're going to get two movies and a series and whatever else, right? But this is their turtles, and I think and I, what my question was, you know, to, to you guys, is are we okay with this with like with this version of the Ninja Turtles? Because this because like this is what's going to be around for a while, and as a dad, I'm about to see more of this, and I'll answer first. That way, I'm you know. I, I'm okay with this. I like this. I hope they do more in this. I hope they stick in this vein. I hope they don't, you know, do anything, you know, silly with it, you know, like beyond like what Ninja Turtles can be. But like, this is the turtles we have for a while, and I think, and I'm okay with this being around for a little bit. This version. What about you guys? I'm good with it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think this is. I'm, I'm way more good with this than a lot of the turtle stuff that we've ever seen. So true, true. Yeah. 
Um, Turtles is I'm, like a generational thing, right? Yeah, it seems like it at this point. Yeah, every generation since, because I guess it would be my generation. We were the first group with the turtles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's been a generation of the turtles since then, and mm-hmm. I think that's. I mean, that's kind of neat, right? Because they're perpetual yeah. teenagers. That, yeah, okay, well, yeah, I mean, for, that for, for me, I think it's a little different. I would approach what you're doing, Chris, a little differently. And I know that you've been said before that you want your kids to start in the early days of gaming and work up so they can see the progression. I, I think I've heard you say that a few times. But anyway, it's just, yeah. I prefer the 90s Turtles, but we're, no, we're, we're never going back to that. So of mm. all the Turtles in between, this is the one I'd choose to continue with. So I'm yeah. okay with this. As long as, look, we have... Of this first film, we're just going to move into score, and I'll just go first, because my, my answer will be, unless you have another point to make, my answer will be no. the reason. I think this is a fine Turtles movie. Mm-hmm. Aside from, I mean, I don't know about it being like anyone's, That's this is their Turtles, because it's not the Turtles, but I'm fine with this Turtles. The, the writing is very strong. They are represented very well. The characters work. It's got, it's got a ton of the Turtles lineage in there for anyone interested to go back and check where some of these other characters may have come from started. It's going gonna, it's gonna to lead an interest in the other Turtles, and then they're going to find it's just. I think this is a fine movie, and if I'm going to give it a score, to, to me, this is a 7. This sits right at a 7. Okay. It's, 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 I think, as you guys know, going into this, I wasn't... I wasn't expecting a seven i was expecting okay, yeah, like, yeah. Somewhere in a, in a, anywhere from a four to a six mm-hmm. six being very generous but i mean i'm very happy to get a seven i was extremely happy walking out of that <laughs> theater that i i think it represented the turtles well and why i mean i i don't agree with a lot of decisions they made but i mean this is a damn fine movie and mm-hmm. if we're going to continue with it i just hope the writing stays as strong as it is in this movie that's yeah, the and, important part. Yeah. And they keep yeah, the yeah. same voice actors. That's also important, especially if they're going to take their time so the voice actors grow up. Their their voices deepen and mature a little bit with the Turtles. I think that'd be really cool, too. I doubt we'll see the same caliber of voice actors in the series. Out of the movies, though, they'll remain the same. But Because I've seen this in other properties that are both movies and then like series. It doesn't like they usually like cut back on the budget for the for the series a little bit. Which, well, which, and, you know, unless yeah. they were contracted to be like, hey, you guys have to do so many episodes. True. This is OK, yeah, part of that's possible because that, that is possible. Also, I have no idea if that's the way that this goes or not. Yeah. So, yeah. So well, I would I'll, imagine I'll just, for, I just want to say real quick. I would imagine yeah, to get yeah. John, John Cena and Paul Rudd like those guys, Rose Byrne. I imagine they'll be in they'll as long as their characters are used, they're going to voice them. I would imagine that's how they got these people like. We'll give you a big check. You do one movie now, but you also have a series. You have multiple episodes in another movie. I imagine that's I how would, they got I that. would counter those would be the people that you would lose. Exactly. <laughs> like the, those are people you wouldn't have for the series part, but only the movies. You might be able to keep the four. Yeah. The four kids. You know what I mean? Be mm-hmm. like, hey, yep. do this because they're not the biggest stars in the world. You know, you probably ain't keeping Jackie Chan for Splinter during the regular TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you probably keep the main core. I don't know. Jackie doesn't have a lot going on right now, probably. So he 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 might stick around. But but uh, I do agree with with what you said about. It. I think you lose them during the the series. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see when they when they finally said put it up on nine DB. But we'll see. True. But go, go, go okay. So so I'll I'll go second here. Um, this movie I was I was cautiously optimistic, like I am with every Turtles property since you know I've seen the Michael Bay films. But like it, it's. I think my daughter's enjoying it and being so hyped for it kind of crept its way into me being like more hyped for it and ready for it to be good. And then when I saw it, I was relieved that, uh, that I got, that we got what we got. 
because it is a decent movie. It is, you know, I'm I'm gonna be one of the ninety some percent on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, whether that's critic side or just pure audience side. You know, this is this is a better than average movie. This movie's fun. I think the voice cast and the way that the the turtles are portrayed a little bit younger than than what we're used to seeing. I think works wonderfully for what's going on. And then all the other support casting roles seem to just kind of fit in pretty well. I'm excited to see where this goes from here, whether it be the series or the movie, the next movie when it comes out. So uh, this is a seven and a half for me. I, I, I liked it. I don't think it's strong enough of a film for it to be an eight, but it's definitely, it, it it's right at that seven, seven and a half mark. So I'm going to lean towards that seven and a half for, for my five-year-old hundred percent. Okay. Uh, I'm also I'm going to agree with Chris. Uh, I also, you know, I'm right there with you guys. Chris, you were seven. Chris is seven and a half. I'm seven and a half as well. Um, legitimately, this is probably the second best animated movie I've seen this year. Um, behind Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, and above Mario. Um, because, listen, Mario is fun as hell. It's not as good. It's not It's not a strong story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure, um, Joe. But no, it's a very good movie. Perfect for what it is. It's not, you know, the best thing in the world. Yeah. Um, but this movie's pretty good. Um, I enjoyed it from start to finish. I actually audibly laughed several times. I had a fun movie experience, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. you know, with the kids being hyped up about it too. And I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I do want to ask you guys one question because I know we are very long at this point. Is there any way to even watch the old Ninja Turtle episodes anymore? Can you even do that? The old '90s cartoon? I yeah, don't like is it streaming so. somewhere? I don't I think, think so. Probably find if you tried. Interesting. I I don't know though. That's the whole thing. Is um. I just I just don't know where you where you find it. it's been so long. That's the thing is like they've just been they're gone so long that I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts with video games lately about old mm-hmm. video games and so much of those have been there's they're they're not recoverable because they were just gone somewhere and no one can find them anymore. So they have to rip them off the internet and that doesn't always work. And I imagine it's a lot mm-hmm. of the same old cartoons too. Like even if they're put in some vault, but like all the time you hear about. I mean, you don't, you might not, but a lot of those things in like LA where they stored all of the, the studio stuff and like the, they stored all like the cans of film and the, all the originals, like some of them get like flooded or like heat damage. Then you just, it's gone. That original print is just gone. So, I mean, I don't think that happens to digital stuff, but before digital came along, that was big problem. So I don't know where, I don't know how you would have stored those in the nineties. Hold on. Would they, hold would, on. Would they, would they have been in hard drives? I have an answer to this. Nice. Nickelodeon and Paramount have secured the rights to broadcast the original cartoon series co-created by Kevin Eastman on Paramount slash Nickelodeon. So they have season one, they have the rights to it, and they're going to air it on Paramount, apparently. So there you go. You can watch Very on Paramount. Nice. Very nice. Good. Um, one mention, though, is, so Spider-Man's obviously going to be in the running. Is Turtles going to be nominated? Is Turtles going to be in the same conversation? No. As much as I love this movie, if this beats out Spider-Man for anything, I'll be pissed. <laughs> Well, yeah, because, <laughs> really. Period. Well, discussion. It, it doesn't do anything. Is like nowhere near. But that's the whole thing. If it does, it's there's a slant to it. But what about Nimona? We thought very highly of Nimona too. We did think highly of Nimona. Does it beat out Spider Man for anything? It shouldn't, but it might no, just because no, nothing of, of where it sits. I would be surprised if Nimona caught a nomination for something though. True. Like, 100%, we didn't see. Yeah. We didn't see Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. I heard. I'm not real worried about that. that. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> I know that my my brother's telling me about some uh, some animated some animated films that are some um, Japanese films that are making huge waves uh, and re- re- released in theaters over there. So I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know how that pertains. Oh, to I mean, like, 
it, it, it all depends on what you know the academy and the oscars and all that like like see as like you know nomination right. worthy though too because like if you want to talk about all animation this is the same year where attack on titan is getting its final its final like piece to it before it ends and that's basically our generate like like this current generation's like biggest anime of all time kind of thing so Fair. Okay. there's a lot happening this year in anime in animation i guess i should say all right gentlemen uh, we should uh, this has been an episode we should call this an episode this is in the can Oh yeah! This has been episode three hundred and forty-three A of Ford Love Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning and Friday morning at five AM on the podcast service of your choice of the following five: Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I am Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on social media. Check us out on Facebook, which I just said. Check us out on YouTube as well. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at The Last Voyage of the Demeter and Heart of Stone on Netflix with Wonder Woman herself, 